know what I've not done? Watch. I feel like I should do. Go on. I need to go watch how bad that EA advert is. Oh, okay. Do the UFC one? I think I need to do that right now. Honestly, it's not as bad as people are making out, but it's more to me what it what it represents. What it represents, yeah. Oh, it is just something flashing up on the screen for one second. Yeah, but would you? I try to do as well. Um, I tried to um, Google. Um, EA ad in game and all I've got is like 15 shit YouTubers are all talking about it and they've, yeah. and they've all made 10 minute videos let's have a look 10 minutes 10, uh, 10 minutes with 12 seconds 10 minutes and 53 seconds 10 minutes and 9 seconds 10 minutes and 43 seconds hmm I'm surprised they're not all 8 minutes long now yeah maybe but like, they're all just over 10 minutes long it's, like, it's oh, weird yeah. that isn't it so, Lucas, do you want to just tell me what the fuck we're talking about? Uh, yeah, so there were some... Admittedly, like I I say it's being overblown because you have all of these YouTubers making a 10-minute fucking statement on it. And, you know, nothing says that, um, look, I'm against people um, like greedily monetizing the shit out of every scrap of content they produce, like making, uh, stretching out a one-sentence long news story into a 10-minute YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but just to explain, it's like you and other people. It's basically in EA UFC four and and three. Yes, they added it to the old game as well. Oh, which people haven't really mentioned it. Awesome. Um, so just in case you haven't bought the new game yet, they're not letting you get away with it. Um, they added um, advertisements for Amazon Prime's The Boys, um, <laughs> which included like having. The logo of the show placed in the middle of the octagon ring, which, you know, that's product placement. It's you know in a lot of EA games. I kind of get it. That's a really cool idea as well, to have that like change week mm-hmm. to week, because that's like you know something that is, exists in sports games. But I'm just watching the clip now, and the fact that it's so quick is probably the saddest part about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's like I said, it's just the logo for the show flashes up. For a split second. But to clarify, it covers the entire screen for yeah, one second. Yeah, that's what... It covers the entire screen for one second. But the fact it's one second means that they couldn't even let you have one second not to have your eyeballs have ads in it. Yeah. Because I've noticed now, I'm just re-watching like, the GIF, mm. and it pops up just as the um, uh, the camera pans away from the uh, the stage. The, yeah. the, the arena where you can see the logo on screen and it shows like a clip of your like character's face as they're like Joe's like walking back to their corner. Oh, so right, yeah, yeah. The instant there aren't all the logos on screen, he immediately put another one on there. <laughs> and I'm just in my head getting just Ooh. shades, just shades of that. Probably the only good moment in the Ready Player One movie where you have the guy talking about, we can put this many ads on screen before people start having seizures. <laughs> You remember that? Remember when people say I that? haven't ever watched the film. You never watched the film? Okay, well, there's a bit in it where um, uh, the reason that the bad guys want to take over the Oasis, which is like the, the world that Ready Player One exists in, mm-hmm. is so they can start monetizing it because the of guy course. who invented it um, doesn't let people monetize it. And apparently, it's, just, it's the crux is it's a quarter to buy access to it and then you get access for life. Right. 
and his access to a complete virtual world that's amazing and incredible in every way mm-hmm. and he's better than the universe you live in so they want to monetize the shit out of it and they have a bit in it where they show someone sat with like the VR headset on as they're just bombarding his eyeballs with adverts from every conceivable direction at once trying to calculate the exact amount they can do before he has a brain seizure you know it's funny to me that the bad guys are the one wanting to take over the world with like corporatization when that entire movie is like, yeah, let's take something that people seem to really like as a book, monetize the shit out of it with this awful film, and put as many product placement and advertisements in as possible. Yeah, but um, the thing that I like, the thing I like most about that movie, though, um, is, like, just how short-sighted some of the product placement was. Yeah. that was a movie, it was in production for a couple of years, and um, if anyone's seen it, um, they'll know. That I oh yeah there's there's a lot of references to modern pop cultures whereas the actual book itself was more based in the eighties. Yeah, because there wasn't like references to like Street Fighter and Transformers and stuff like that and Akira. Yes, and specifically they had um, like the final fight and they have Leopard on, which is Spider Man's um, nineteen eighties robot from the Japanese specific show. Oh right, yeah, the film because who the fuck knows who Leopard on is. Yeah. bollocks to it, just put in the thing from Gundam. And um, what makes it so fun is that apparently behind the scenes there was a lot of um, uh, backwards and forwards with various companies mm-hmm. asking them, would you like to let us use your properties in this film? Mm-hmm. And they had Steven Spielberg as an executive producer on board, so they managed to use him to get um, uh, you know a couple of their feet through the door, as it were. But the one company apparently were like, yeah, we're fucking all in. You can use anything of ours you want. We'll give you money to put ours front and centre was um, Gearbox, because they wanted to push Battleborn. Yeah. It's just, I haven't ever thought about Battleborn. We talked about Overwatch today. Yeah, we did, yeah. It, it came up just as a thing of like, oh yeah, because it's a huge game that exists, and it's like, you know, it's, its effect on pop culture can still be felt. Uh, like, when's the last time you thought about Battleborn? Uh, the last time someone reminded me that it failed so hard and that I remembered that I'd forgotten about Battleborn again. Yeah, so do you know what we've not done in a while, Lucas? It is. We've got, so welcome to episode 42, is it? Oh, God, no. Uh, Carl, you did not... We haven't introduced the episode <laughs> number for a while. We've not done it for a while, have we? And you just throw me right the fuck off. I think we're at, like, 47? 47? Look, check uh, us out. Still normalcy at 40. Uh, 47, yeah. Uh, on it. On it, mate. Okay, so... <laughs> What I was about to say, well, Joe, we've not done in a while, and it is just delve onto you know a Wikipedia page. Let's bring it back to the roots, Lucas. So and we're just... bringing Wiki Weekends back to the podcast. We are, yes. We're going to. I thought let's look up Battleborn's Wikipedia page. Oh, I bet this is so sad, and Lucas already it is because I'm not. I'll read up the description just at the start in the introduction, so we're all on the same page. People may not know what this is. So, Battleborn is a free-to-play first-person shooter video game developed by Gearbox Software, published by 2K for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. The game was released worldwide on 2016. So, it's a hero shooter with elements of multiple multiplayer online battle arenas, slash MOBA, um, for those of you in the know. And it's like you select one of several pre-designed characters. Um, so, yeah, it's fine. But, yeah, um, it's kind of, um, if people don't, no. It's Overwatch. It's essentially Overwatch, but mixed with like elements that, from uh, oh, League of Legends or Dota. Overwatch. I like that one. <laughs> um, I, and I you believe know a how... few games have tried like that FPS 
MOBA thing. Um, but yeah, Battleborn was not a successful variation. Uh, but you know how sad like this game, like this Wikipedia entry is going to be when the content, you know, the subtitles, we have gameplay, settings with a subheading for plot, development, reception, and then underneath reception, just the word decline. <laughs> it's like, you know it's going to be bad when one of the things on your Wikipedia page is how hard it failed. One quarter of your fucking Wikipedia page is decline. Yeah. Um, so we don't give, do you give a fuck about anything besides reception and decline? Nope. Nope, so let's get straight. So, reception. Battleborn received mixed to average reviews, according to video game review aggregator Metacritic. And we've got a few uh, choice quotes here. One from Destructoid, you got a 6 out of 10. Um, uh, fans of the genre should enjoy this game, but a fair few will be left unfulfilled. <laughs> oh, GameSpot gave it a 7 out of 10. I, to be fair, yeah, I saw a good mix of like five to eight going on. So I found plenty of things to love, but just as much to feel confused and ambivalent about. IGN gave it a seven out of ten. Um, <laughs> oh god. Uh, Joe Lucas, like, they gave it a seven out of ten. Do you want to hear the description for this seven out of ten game? Oh, go on. Um, Battleborn's fun heroes and leveling will keep you hooked despite a lack of content. So in their positive review, they tell you there's not much to do. But yeah, I mean, like, I think 7 out of 10 means it's, like, a good game. It's just, yeah, it's not great. But the, the, the and real... It's like, but I've, I've played plenty of games where it's like, look, like Fall Guys, for example, there's not too much content. Yeah, but it's so replayable do. and fun that I'll just keep going back and back. And that yeah, and that's the thing of, like, this game, it was, for all intents and purposes, a very solid game, but they released it in direct competition with Overwatch, like, one of the biggest smash hits of that, like, of the generation. Carl, I'm pretty sure like no one plays Overwatch anymore though, right? Oh yeah, it's still massive. Like, it's still <laughs> a million dollar tournament, so decline. The game's player base quickly declined after release, primarily due to the release of another hero shooter, Overwatch by Blizzard Entertainment, <laughs> on May 24th, 2016, which was... Oh, Lucas, it was just 23 days later. I was going to say it was weeks of each other. Oh, that's rough. And literally, the moment Overwatch came out, I believe just everyone jumped off Battleborn. Just, it was dead. So it wasn't oh. quite dead on arrival. Oh, Lucas. what, Carl? Gearbox had already been developing Battleborn and had fixed their expected release date when Blizzard announced Overwatch for release within a few weeks of Battleborn. Though they had considered trying to change the release date as Blizzard had a larger promotional budget that could easily overwhelm theirs, Randy Pitchford, you know, guy who's always wrong, opted to stay to what they had planned and instead make sure the game's release went smoothly to highlight how Battleborn differed from Overwatch. (laughs) So it differed in the sense that it fucking failed almost instantly. Randy Pitchford, yet again, making excellent decisions over at Gearbox. Uh, in a September 27 interview, Pitchford believed that the fallout in sales from Battleborn was not necessarily due to the presence of Overwatch, but that people had made comparisons between the two games, which reflected negatively on Battleborn. So it, was, so it wasn't due to Overwatch, but it was due to people comparing Battleborn to Overwatch, which I say is due to Overwatch. Yeah, like, if his argument is, look, it's not specifically overwatch it's because overwatch was better it's like that means it's because of overwatch then by july 2016 so just like is that a month later like july uh two months two months after launch i always get confused with months or did you say it came out at the end of april it came out there in may 
Came out in May, so yeah, literally two months later. So two months later, oh, I sound really stupid, don't I? It's like, I don't know my months. Is it, oh, I know them in order. Carl, we thing. don't need a calendar anymore. But that's the one, where I, I do have that, where you know them in order, but you don't, like, if you, someone's to ask you what's, like, the 15th letter of the alphabet, you wouldn't know, but you could spell out the alphabet. I'm guessing it's, like, I. Don't guess, Luke, don't guess, you're just going to make it worse. Who <laughs> says <laughs> So by July... That's the ninth letter, Carl. <laughs> by, by July 2016, the number of concurrent players on PC had dropped below 1,000, oh. compared to more than 12,000 during game launch. Um, it was reported that at the game's first anniversary, the number of concurrent players was frequently dropping below 100 during off-peak hours. Oh, man. Less than 100 rough. people playing the game. Do you know what I found though, was really funny? Uh, a fact that I like. This won't be covered in Wikipedia because it's one of those like little just details that people reported on just to rub mm. the salt in the wound, that more people were watching, like when Twitch streamers will go online to try and play it, because it was a meme of can I get a game on Battleborn, more people will be watching their stream than playing Battleborn. <laughs> <sighs> Although Take-Two revealed that the game did not meet their sales expectations, no 2K uh, promised to continue supporting the game through add-on and virtual currency. So they continue to support the game through give us more money. <laughs> great, um, great. An industry rumour in 2016 suggested that the game would switch to a free-to-play model, which would follow a similar path to other 2K game, Evolve. Remember Evolve? I remember Evolve, like, dying a harder death it, than it, Battleborn. Yeah. It might be the only other game that's besides this one that's died as hard. Um, Pitchford, again, being super, like, you know, on the ball... Did refuted this rumor. God, and <laughs> then July it went free 6, to play, 20, didn't it? Yeah, on July six, uh, twenty seventeen, Battleborn released a patch that gives a free trial of the game. Oh God! Oh, and I think it says it all that like two of the flagship, you know, product placements in Ready Player One were Battleborn and Overwatch, and it's like yeah. yeah. They it really well. doubled down in that game on just what, whoever the fuck will give us money. In that uh, film, Gearbox sorry. announced in November 2019 the game's servers will be completely shut down by January 2021, rendering the game unplayable. Yeah. As part of the closeout, the game was removed from sale um, uh, and disabled the in-game store in February 2020. And the reason I remember this game so much is that um, Gear, like, Gearbox announced that people could still play the game, but no one was playing it. I remember like, they had to do a thing like the, the player base. Basically, there was a day where there's literally no one had played the game for three days. <laughs> so it was it was effectively dead from a multiplayer standpoint. And if you've not got more than... There literally were not enough people playing to have a full game. To have on one the servers. Yeah. But and I remember the reason it was so hilarious is that no one noticed for a week. <laughs> That's how little of a shit people gave about this game. Oh, God. And I think one of the saddest stories to go alongside that is a, do you remember the Anthem story of like, uh, oh, um, it's February, I've just logged in to see what's going on at Anthem and the Christmas lights are still up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, talk about Anthem, please, Lucas, it's great. Oh, God, oh. just Anthem being like the, just the most, I'm not going to say even let down of a game because most people's expectations were like, let's see where this goes, I guess. Yeah, but, like Anthem oh, is God, like the... It is the biggest squealing wet fart of a release I've seen in recent years. Yeah. It is so, so, like, just hilarious how poorly and fundamentally it failed. 
Like the one, like Sir Anthem is a loot shooter, is it? Or Schluter? Oh, don't say the word Schluter. That the sounds schluter. dirty in every That's... way possible, Carl. It is. You know what? It's a Schluter. Ugh. And it, one of the things that I found, like, almost every single aspect of the game was broken on in such a way it bordered on farcical. Like, it was a, a comedy of errors, basically, where, mm-hmm. um, oh, in most of these games, like, as you level up and you get to, like, do you play Destiny, don't you? It's like, you as you play the game, you get cooler guns. You get yeah, stuff, and it's, you, it's uh, very XP. much about, like, building up character over time and getting new equipment and, like, getting meaningful, like, perks and weapons and things like that, yeah. And, but... Uh, that did not work at all in Anthem because it was very quickly um, realised by players of the game that, for some inexplicable reason, um, all of your damage was tied to your weapon. Like, um, all, uh, none of your gear mattered. Nothing in the game mattered. The only thing that um, was um, of any consequence was your gun. And it was very quickly realised after that, oh, the best gun in the game is the base gun you start with. Yeah, to clarify, you don't mean it's tied to your gun as in how powerful the gun is on the gear score. It no, was just, just what type of gun it was. Yeah, so the um, the most amount of damage it's possible to do in this game is just removing all of your armor and then using the base level gun, effectively neutering the entire draw of the game of being a loot shooter and like getting... Things. Because every single thing you unlocked that was supposedly better actively made your character worse. Yeah, literally the worst thing to do in that game was to put on new equipment. Yeah, new equipment was actively harmful to your build. It's like, oh yeah, so the best way to play this game, the most optimal way to play is to remove all your armor and use the base gun. Just use the base assault rifle and like blitz high level bosses with it. And it's like, what? And it's like, what's your like favorite example of that? Of like, um, the best way to play a game either looks really stupid or is just completely antithetical to the game's design. Because what um, do you ever think? Like, well, uh, I've got one uh, example of just like oh, perfect, ready, straight and off the bat. Of, well, it's one that you are very well aware of, and it's just the fact that there was even an achievement for it, but complete dead space with only the plasma cutter. Oh yeah, because it was. Um, uh, the that the plasma cutter is the best gun in the entire game because it's so versatile. You always get ammo for it. It's yeah, you've really constantly powerful. got ammo for it. It's pretty powerful, and it can um, like either be horizontal or vertical cutting, which when you're dismembering people for damage is just super ridiculous. Making like potentially like it's the most versatile, useful weapon. Like there's never a situation where it's not useful. So, so many players used it all the time. They put an achievement in because apparently playtesters would never use another gun. Oh, is that why they put it in? I thought it was like a challenge achievement. No, it's because like playtesters would only use that gun. But that yeah, works. it kind of went against the entire idea of, look, you gain all these tools over the run of the game and like use right. all of your different abilities and weapons. Like, there is no incentive to use anything else. It's always the best choice to yeah. use this one. Mine has to be, and it's like it's a not a specific to a single video game it's more just a trope of the genre and it is that in almost every single like character game like action game where you control the character the best way and the fastest way to move always looks stupid and it's always not the way they intended like Um, um, yeah you'll know this as a zelda fan lucas what is the best way or the fastest way to move in almost every zelda game 
Um, well, it's not running forward, I'll tell you that much. So, it's not at all. Um, in Ocarina of Time, if anyone is like curious, go watch a speedrun. But the fastest way to move forward is to turn around, aim the camera, and run immediately backwards. Yes. Um, then I believe the second fastest way is to continually side hop. And then the third fastest way is to continually roll forward. And the like the fourth fastest i.e. the slowest way to like quickly move is to run <laughs> it's just so good it's like it's um, all the castlevania games um the fastest way to move in the game is to turn around and back dash because the back dash is so quick but you can cancel it into itself oh god so speed runs of that game is just um uh, a vampire hunter facing the wrong way and just just like saitama's um uh, fitness testing their way across <laughs> the stage there's nothing you can do about it and that's what like... I love is there's a you watch like Ocarina of Time speedruns and people go right I need to face like this little bit on the texture on the wall and hold the camera and just run backwards for thirty seconds and I'll find my destination. Yeah, it's like the other one is uh, like Doom. The quickest way to move in that game is to run diagonally towards a wall and just drag your face along the wall. But for some reason, it increases your max speed by sixty percent. On there's um I think it's GoldenEye sixty four where it's like. I think it's quicker to aim at the floor because if you're not looking at enemies, it stops they, you from they don't shoot at you, I think it was. Uh, I think it's only enemies that are in your line of sight can shoot you, so the ultimate way to move is to run in, which makes James Bond like the best spy ever. <laughs> because he's just running, to, he's pointing his gun directly at the floor and sprinting towards the objective. <laughs> it's like, and the enemies are just so astounded by his skill, they don't shoot at him. They're like, what is this man doing? He's just like got his pistol right at his knee, like fucking kneecaps and just sprinting for his life. It's like uh, like Metal Gear. Like, have you ever seen Metal Gear speed runs? Yeah, um, I think I've like, watched the, one of three before. Like where the best um, way to move is just continuously just forward roll. Oh yeah, yeah. So like Snake is just con, and you can knock people out by shooting them with one bullet and then punching them once. Mm. So Snake like looks like and then that's the one where I think it makes Snake look better. It makes the game look better. It's like that's what the greatest soldier would ever live would be like on the battlefield. It would be he runs across it in a straight line and just everyone falls down around him dead. <laughs> like no one has a chance against him. Oh god. I love oh, stupid yeah. like that. But it's, it's really fun as well, though, when you can tell that like, the game's designers do not want you to do it. Mm-hmm. And they hate it. It's like, um, uh, like the, the Link one. Yeah. They, they really don't like that because it looks so fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> so and then... constantly um, bunny hop everywhere. Even in, like, Breath of the Wild, where it's like, okay, well, we'll put a sprint button in for you. People found out that you can do, like... Keep mashing the horse whistle button while you're sprinting. So you can whistle <laughs> and you sprint. do like the whistle sprint so he still looks stupid because that's so more efficient. So the quickest way to move in that game, other than like blowing yourself up or attaching yourself to a tree and launching it into the lower atmosphere, is just to run while constantly whistling. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I, I love it. It never stops being funny when you're like, oh, what's the new tech they've discovered for moving around? Oh, God. The best one is like in uh, Breath of the Wild, just the bomb jumping. Where yes. it's like, oh, we're going to send Link into the air and continually just bomb him across Hyrule gliding. <laughs> it's like, and he's okay. just like, Ganon's looking out his window and just sees this man and is like, that is, that is the hero right there. That's a formidable opponent bombing his way towards me. It's like he has no concern for his own safety. All he cares about <laughs> is getting me. Like he will willingly blow himself up to get closer to me. That's an opponent I do not want to mess with. Oh, God, no. I, I love that in video games. It's so good. 
It is so silly. It's just when they they uh, they try so hard to take stuff like that out. Yeah, yeah. And it reminds me a little bit of um, a friend of mine when he was playing, I think it was Oblivion, years and years and years ago. Hmm. Um, I didn't have an Xbox, so what I'd do is I'd go around to his house and I'd watch him play Xbox. Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah. He was playing through Oblivion at the time, and he was one of those people where he gets really invested in his own character. Oh, okay. And he'll, and he'll ignore the story to do what he thinks his character would do. Right, he proper role plays it. Yeah, he really, really gets into it in that sense. And he was just so funny to watch play the game. Because I remember once where, like, in Oblivion, he could become a vampire. Mm-hmm. So what he would do, and he became a vampire, is that like, I am now a vampire car. I cannot live in society. So he <laughs> took off all his clothes in the middle of town and just fled to the woods. <laughs> and he said, I'm just going to live in the woods, away from society. I am a vampire. And I just remember distinctly where he's like, okay, I need to go feed. And he waited till three o'clock in the morning. Um, waited till he was like, snuck into a town. And I'll, I'll, I'll never forget it because um, do you remember how bad the jump animation was in Oblivion? Oh, of course, yeah. Where your guy would jump up and just like their arms up by their side. But if yeah. you could tap jump the exact moment you landed, you would, like, you would just bounce off your toes. <laughs> yeah. He was doing that between rooftops following a guard wearing like a cloak, like a black cloak <laughs> while with a dagger in his hand. With every jump, he just went... <laughs> and followed him and then broke into the guardhouse and fed on his blood and then just sprinted out of town. <laughs> and he took his super serious. He did that for like an entire hour, just hiding in the woods, like oh break, like um, stealing his way into town to drink people. It was just so fucking funny to watch. Oh, that's incredible. And just playing games the wrong way, but he was having so much fucking fun. It was great. See, was, I thought you were talking about, like, old. I thought you were going to talk about moving quickly and then you brought up, like, um, Elder Scrolls and I was like, is Cole going to bring up the thing where you, like, just ingest 5,000 skooma <laughs> and just jump across the map in Morrowind until you die? I've seen that one. So the way that works is skooma is a drug in the game, but if you drink it, it raises your speed by, I think, like, 80 points. Something and, silly like that, yeah. And the developers didn't realise you can drink, like, five at once. Like you can drink, like, a, you can have, like, a max total, I think, like, five um, potion effects affecting you at any one time. Mm. And the idea there was when you get drunk, you can have, like, five beers affecting you, so it lowers your stats. Uh, right, yeah. It's cumulative. They didn't realise that you could just make some ridiculously powerful potions. And I think, like, yeah. you can, like, glitch potions to make them give ridiculous effects where you... That's in Skyrim, but you in Oblivion, oh, you can... Uh, multiply any object. Um, so what oh, they do is it, yeah. speed runs are you get like fifty thousand bottles of skooma, um, down like five of them, and the entire run to save the world is done where you are tripping fucking balls <laughs> the entire time and running at half the speed of sound, completely naked because you run faster without armor. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh. the one in Skyrim that you're thinking about is that you can make um, armor that increases skills. For example, you can have armor. It's like, oh, it increases your block skill by 30%. But yeah. you can make potions that also increase skills. And there's a potion-making skill and an armor-making skill. Mm-hmm. And you can probably see where this is going, folks, at home. Because what you can do is you can make a pair of gauntlets that make your potions better. Wear them and make a potion that increases your gauntlet make your armoring skills. Drink the potion, make a better pair of gauntlets. <laughs> take the gauntlets or you en- and then you enchant them sorry so you can enchant them with the skills and basically this daisy chain effect of each one makes it cumulatively better and that's where you get sc- I'm going to try and find like one of the screenshots that you can do well I was going to make- say yeah I ended up with like oh instead of my carry weight being 400 it was 397,562 or something like, like that you just stacked these effects um, yeah 
I'm gonna find it now because I just remember like it reminds me a little bit of a friend of mine did this. Uh... Oh god, yeah, I um I did just have a character on Skyrim where I got to that point. I thought I've done everything in the game. I played for two hundred hours. Fuck it, let's try this out. And I just yeah. put myself as like just oh you've got ma- like beyond maximum health, maximum like armor, maximum carry weight. Maximum strength. It, it's crazy what you can do. Yeah, and my friend, he made a mace. He just called it, it like Vorgstrom, I think it is. Mm. He just had Vorgstrom's Muff Crusher, and he just did like <laughs> 1,000 points of electrical damage on hit for like 100 seconds. And I'm just looking at some of the screenshots people posted. Oh, yeah, I think I made a pretty good potion here. Um, it's a poison of damage health. causes 1,651 points of poison damage. Fucking hell. Just on hit. Yeah. I like just instantly. That's like an instant. Like nothing in the game has more than like a thousand health. Yeah, that that is an instant kill on just fucking everything in the game. And just and as people, you can get it to the point where like I had it of oh I had a bow that could kill like the hardest enemy in the game in one snot, and it was just like okay. And the fact that people, just, I I just love that kind of thing. It's like you'd find your way to like the ultimate elder dragon of like fucking. Skyrim, and it was just oh one shot. <laughs> I oh, this is great, much. thanks. Like some of them are so fucking good though. <laughs> hey, someone rate my build, and they're just wearing like a hat, but the hat gives them like um, plus four thousand in strength. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so fucking good. Um, but God, I, I, that reminds me, um, just a little bit of like. Um, What's the worst or like most broken build you've made in a game? Oof, fucking hell. Because like we can talk like before we get into like the silly things, but like just in Skyrim, I think the optimum build to have in that game was the sneaking one. Because yeah, because you could get to like they... thirty times dagger. Yeah, and the way that works is there is a um, uh, the, uh, an element of the game is that when you are sneaking up on an enemy, if you hit them with a weapon, um, you'll do double damage for that one strike. Mm-hmm. And like they try to balance that out by you can only ever get one sneak strike on an enemy. But there's a few items in the game that can kind of make this a bit silly where one of the sneaking things is it's like I think it's Assassin's Dagger. Maybe, which, yeah. Uh, it's it been a while. When you're specifically wielding a dagger, um, it times that by 15. So it's, oh, you do 15 times damage, but only if you're using a dagger. But then... There's the Dark Brotherhood gauntlets that you can wear, that double all sneak attacks. Yeah. Which now means every dagger hit you do while sneaking is um, times 30 damage. So what you do is you combine that with just a very, very good dagger that have, like one of those stupid ones you can make that's like an extra 100 points of damage. But the top tier sneaking skill is um, if you crouch in the middle of combat for five seconds, every enemy loses sight of you. Meaning in a fight, you just crouch down and you instantly get a sneak attack. I forgot about that. Making it it the most broken thing in the game because all you have to do is duck and you get 30 times damage for one hit. And then if it doesn't kill them, run away. I can't remember exactly how I did it. It was either like a skill, a spell, or an enchantment, but it's like, oh, um, when you crouch, you go invisible. That's what it is, yeah. It's um, the final sneaking ability. Oh, no, but I mean, like, I think I might have had an enchantment, or maybe I just had an invisibility spell or something, but it was. I made myself go invisible the second I crouched. Oh, yeah. So that I guarantee the five seconds where they all then can't, like, figure out where I am. 
Yeah, the Nightingale armor, I think, does that, which is one of the quests. Ah, yeah. But, like, have you ever, like, made builds that like, actually play, like, a lot of Destiny? Is there anything in that game where you've done, oh, this is just unfair? Um, To be honest, like, that game, when there is broken stuff, because it's, like, a live service game, it is taken out pretty quickly. Ah, um, okay, then. So, like, there's a few times that I'm trying to, trying to think of an example, but there's a few times where it's like, oh, like, man, this is pretty ridiculous but for the most part it's all intentional within the game if you told me about that one is it where if you get like a kill you get a shield what was that one? Oh no that was that was just an exotic armor piece in the game that got nerfed yeah um, so tell finally me that, that sounded three. fucking ridiculous um, because that one was so it was called one-eyed mask and anyone that plays destiny 2 will know what the fuck i'm talking about because it's it uh broke the game by the sounds of it because when you described it to me just as a casual player of first person shooters I was like why would they put that in that sounds so OP um, that sounds yeah. broken as fuck it was broken as fuck and basically what it was so if somebody damages you either PvP or PvE but it was mainly useful in PvP um, if someone damages you you gain a marker on their character so you can see exactly where they are even through walls and you also gain vengeance which means you do extra damage against that target. And then, if you get a kill on a marked target, you get full health and a full overshield. Yeah. Um, Meaning just... that you are, like, in the middle of a gunfight, you can get one kill, get, immediately get over your health back, and then go and go on a fucking rampage. Because every single person who shoots you takes more damage. And, just and you're also that... starting off with more health than them. Right, when I heard that, just the first effect alone sounded ridiculous. Because you can tell the intention there is, oh, if someone sneaks up behind you, you have that, it gives you the extra chance to turn around and shoot them and win that firefight. Yeah. But no fucker's going to use it like that. Why would I not run directly at every enemy? Yeah. <laughs> um, because I'm now going to win every one-on-one. Like, in, like, the, um, like, if, between a, um, opponents of equal skill, uh, yes. it'll be roughly 50-50 of who's going to win that firefight. I'm going to win every single time because I do more damage now. And then the amount of times that you would um, be, you know, just behind one of your allies and they die. And now you're in a firefight fresh, like with them at full health and full overshield. So no matter what you do, you're pretty much losing that next fight. Because uh, you have to do twice as much damage as it would take to kill them while they're doing double damage to you. Yeah, so as soon as you start shooting at them to try and whittle away the overshield, they're already doing extra damage to you. It's like, it's like why did, oh, that's amazing. And it took I'm a year so, for them to nerf it. That sounds so good. Why would you not have that? Uh, well, basically, if you played as Titan, that was what you wore. Because why would you not? Yeah. So it reminds me a little bit of um, in Halo, so another first-person shooter, and there's a mode in it called SWAT. If people have not oh, played I Halo, love SWAT. Just, I love SWAT. SWAT is really good. And it's... Um, it's Probably like the most like try-hard mode because it's headshots only. So the only way to kill an opponent is with a headshot. Or uh, no, it wasn't. Else. It was just oh, um, was so just you have no overshield, so you'll die in one headshot. But um, like damage reduction is in place for every other part of the body. So you can kill people through other means, but it takes a long time. It would take like I think it was like three or four body shots compared to one headshot. Yeah, at which point any good player is going to just immediately one-shot you. Yeah, and Everybody loves that mode because yeah, it's the mode where you get you can get um, really good 
um, kill streaks. You can get quad kills like really easily because mm-hmm. you can just like one, 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 one and kill the entire enemy team. And it quickly became a tactic because for some reason they saw fit to put in not just the traditional Spartans but also elites and give them their own hitboxes. The problem with that is that the elite hitbox, because they're aliens and they have a hunched posture where their head is um, around the same area as their shoulders. Yeah. Which means that they cannot be headshotted from behind. Like, I think there was the slightest, slightest little bit of their head that poked up above. But, it but was basically, it would always get. hit them in the back and not in the back of the head. And as we just said, it took four body shots to kill somebody. So a tactic that was quickly developed by especially good players was to run everywhere as an elite backwards while jumping. <laughs> because as long as you jumped, they could never get that lucky shot just from like uh, where you can see there's the very tippy top of their head because they're mm-hmm. always above you. So yeah. you would see entire teams of aliens jumping backwards towards you <laughs> with 10 sensitivity who would then turn around at the last possible second and instantly headshot you when you started reloading. And like to clarify, yeah, that does take a bit of skill, but it was still bullshit. And it was really annoying and as well. They never fixed it. No, it's and still I'll in always... the Master Chief Collection version. And I'll always remember when I played a bit of SWAT with a friend of mine and a guy was on the enemy team and his name was literally No More Elites in SWAT and every single one of his allies and everyone on our team was an elite. <laughs> and, and guess who died the most in that game? It was the guy playing as a Spartan. Yeah, I can imagine. Because I, you could see him, his head from across the map. Because he was wearing like the big one with the visor, that's bright yellow. Oh, you the Eva helmet, the EVA. You, you couldn't help but spot him. It made it so easy to shoot him. And he had like 20 more deaths than everyone else on his team. But and Carl, I, remember after... I do respect that move. Of, I'm going to come in, not only as a Spartan, but as the biggest glowing target possible. And while telling everyone no elite. And I still remember, though, the end of that game, everyone on our team's like, oh, mate, stay. You were really good for our like, KD. And he just quit. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, it's just it's so, it's so fun. It's so fun like, uh, like the broken build that I came with. It's not broken, but it's like it's a fun one. It's mm. Pokemon. Um, I was yeah. telling you about it over the weekend where there is a new Pokemon in the new game called Car- Colossal. Colossal. So like yeah. Colossal, but made out of coal. So it's like a big coal monster. Yeah. And um, it has an ability in the game called Steam Engine. It's not important what this... Uh, it's not really important like you want to the Pokemon. All you need to know is that this ability means that when you get hit by a fire type or a water type move... Um, your speed is raised six stages, which is as fast the as the maximum amount. Yeah, amount speed can be raised, and every Pokemon has a unique speed stat um, or a speed stat that's unique to them that can be influenced by a variety of factors. Mm-hmm. And plus six speed is almost impossible to achieve in normal gameplay terms. Yeah, is because like- most um, like moves that you will use that increase your speed will increase them by one or two stages. So six stages would be at least three turns worth of moves, at which point you might just be killed. Yeah, and for the most part, it's basically useless to do that. Yeah. Because after two boosts, um, almost any Pokemon in the game, including very slow ones, will outspeed any other unboosted Pokemon. Yeah, because I think it's like time... Two stages is double your speed, four stages is triple your speed, six stages is quadrupling your speed. Which is basically like, um, even a very even the slowest Pokemon in the game can outspeed like... Um, Pokemon that's supposed to be fast yeah. and um, I combine this ability with um, something called a weakness policy which doubles your attack 
um, when you're hit by a move you're weak against. And Colossal just so happens to be weak against Water-type moves. Yep. Um, which, if people remember, also when you're hit by increases your speed by six stages. So already we've got double your attack, so your special attack and your attack. So that's four boosts plus six boosts to speed. So that's ten boosts in one turn if you get hit by a Water-type move. But a Water-type move might very well kill you. So what I did is I got my little Lanoon, this little fast badger Pokemon, taught it Surf, a move that it's not very good at using, but does hit both, uh, does hit your ally in a doubles battle. It will hit so, all three Pokemon that aren't you. So the like my opening gambit now in doubles battles is to make this little badger just surf on a big wave, which hits this giant monster made of coal, which uh, turns it from being this lumbering, um, coal-shaped, um, like, just asshole... I can mm-hmm. barely move into a uh, turbo engine of destruction that now has double attack <laughs> and can also hit every um, Pokemon on the opposing person's side. And I remember when I told you about that tactic, you just went, oh! Yeah, I was like, that's, oh, that's rough, that one. That's rough because basically turn one, 10 attack boosts. What do you do? And you've seen my, um, my double intimidate strategy of not only double intimidate, but... Again, using a weakness policy on an Arcanine. Yes. And Intimidate will um, cut an opponent's attack one stage, but you send up two Intimidate Pokemon in a double battle, and that means their attack, their physical attack, is immediately halved. Yeah, which is basically you are useless at that point. No Pokemon can get a, um, um, any sort of um, game plan going with its attack cut in half from like, the second one. And the imme- the amount of times where I've had somebody then, like in reply to that, use like a rock or a ground or a water move on my Arcanine, therefore powering him up while they're not doing much damage to him. It's just like Arcanine, just like yeah, yeah, hurt me. That's what you want. That's a really good tactic. I didn't even think about it from that perspective because mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's why you did it. Oh, to make sure your Arcanine doesn't die, so the weakness policy will have a chance to activate. It's, oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's why I love Pokemon means- for those. Or I've made a bulky Arcanine with a, a bit of attack investment, but it will be almost guaranteed to take that weak, like that super effective hit, and then just retaliate. It just takes that one big hit. But yeah, yeah, I'm just such a big fan of making these like really ridiculous builds. And it, like, is any game better for that than Borderlands? Ooh, I mean, Pokemon's definitely up there with just the variety of having like 900 Pokemon with hundreds of moves. But just the uh, the numbers that you see in Borderlands get so ridiculous. Because Borderlands just intentionally goes insane by the end game. And they want you to like make the most broken OP build possible. I think mm-hmm. the worst one has to be. And um, there is a in this game you have guns, shields, grenades. So I um Fairly standard, but they uh, they all get a variety of wild and varying effects the further you get into the game. There's one shield that is infamous, I think it's in Borderlands 2, simply called the bee. Is it the bee or the bee sting? I think it's the bee. The bee. And the ability on this shield is, because um, there's a type of shield called amped shields, and it takes a percentage of your shield and converts it into damage mm-hmm. from your gun. Um, but um, the, the drawback is that you then have to wait for your shield to recover... Um, before you can do that again. The B has this effect, but it doesn't draw away from the shield. So as long as you have a full shield, you are always doing that bit of extra damage, but the damage doesn't just get applied to... Uh, but the damage, does, it's not a one-shot thing. It's applied to every bullet your gun fires, including out of a shotgun. 
Well, that's the thing is because an amp shot is meant to be a one use, but if you're there with like a shotgun, it will apply to every pellet in the shotgun. Yes. And with the B, if you're never letting the um, the shield run out, it's applying it to like every single shot in a machine gun. Yeah, but shotguns are the best. And the reason this is so good is because there is a character in the game called Gage. And one of her abilities is that um, you have a chance of a bullet just not, con- um, of a shot not consuming a bullet. Yeah, yeah. Um, which and that, that chance can get raised depending on how high a level it is. And then there's another one where on um, uh, her bullets have a chance to ricochet. Mm-hmm. And you can get that up to like 50%. So you have a 50% chance of one of your bullets ricocheting and going towards an enemy. But the thing is, when you've got, um, you're firing a shotgun with like 80 pellets, yeah. one of those is going to ricochet and it's going to hit an enemy and it's probably going to get a kill. Because her other ability is, um, after every, ta- every time you kill an enemy, and you get a stack of something called Anarchy, which um, increases your damage by 1%, but lowers your accuracy by 1%. Mm-hmm. The thing is, though, you can raise her Anarchy stats. Uh, you can get up to, I think, like four, 500 if you get the right build. Uh, yeah, it's all unbelievable. Yeah, uh, to the point where um, the game developers anticipated this, and they have voice lines in the end, which I'm going to track down now because they're amazing. But you can be walking around. like Your accuracy is through the floor. But it doesn't matter when you have a basically guaranteed chance that one of your bullets is going to ricochet and hit somebody. But now it's also doing like an extra thousand damage. It's doing an extra thousand damage from your shield. That's then getting times by five thanks to your 500% multiplier. And I also think as well, um, if I'm not wrong, you can find class mods which will push the ricochet chance up to like 80%. Yeah, you can get it closing on 80%. And it's like, oh my God. So you've got an 80% chance for all of these shotgun pellets that are all going to miss because you have zero accuracy. But they have like an 80% chance of ricochet. And the way the ricochet way works mm. is that um, they were always homing on an opponent's weak point. And what then... Do you want to make that just a little bit worse as well? Uh, people on PC will then put the shoot button on their mouse scroll wheel <laughs> and then use a semi-automatic shotgun, which usually only carries one or two shots, but due to her other ability to uh, potentially have a free shot mm-hmm. means that sometimes if you get just like, you get a right um, the right like look you can scroll and fire like 10 shots in a row that are firing 10 bullets each that are all in power and that are then bouncing it's like oh my god what do you do um yeah i specifically remember i had uh, that character i in borderlands 2 to clarify like i have played through that game with every single character up until max level. So I've, I've played it a hell of a lot. Yes. And when I was doing it with Gage, I remember one time I was counting how many shots I could get out of a single shot shotgun. And mm-hmm. it ended up like to 23 or something because I just got really lucky. Yeah. And that with you, all the things that are stacked. And the game wants you to do that. And this is... It wants you to break time. it, yeah. It does, yeah. And um, normally you get, I think, up to like... Um, 300 i think like the most you can get is like 350 but you can go beyond that but on average you're probably gonna be running around with 100 so like a and i think it's like 0.5 percent boost it's like a 50 percent damage boost but then a 50 percent loss mm-hmm. so we have some voice lines here for getting between one and between zero and 150 anarchy stacks like oh accuracy is overrated not a bad start start the anarchy start the stacking this is getting good all right let's keep this going anarchy forever let's keep it up between 151 and 200 stacks if I hit you, you're going to feel it. 
I'm feeling it. Not bad, not bad. I'll have some more anarchy, thank you. More stacks. Anarchy, baby. This is getting awesome. Anarchy on Pandora. Laughing. Haha, everything's going to die. So, uh, so inaccurate, but so awesome. Between 200 and 250 stacks. Stack them up, stack them up. This is getting ridiculous. My hit to miss ratio is sadness. Smash the system. You can't stop me. More power. Give me more anarchy. Between 250 and 300 stacks. So many stacks. The power. I think my reload button's broken. Unlimited power. I am the bringer of death. Blood. <laughs> I'm going mildly insane. I will never hit anything. I am everything. I probably won't hit anything, but whatever. Start running. I will destroy everything. Rock on. Between 300 and 350 stacks. I am the alpha and the omega. Yes, so many stacks. Evil maniacal laughter. I am the infinite. Booyah. This is actually stupid now. Over 350 stacks. Um, Alan, write some dialogue here. <laughs> Too many stacks. I have, like, negative accuracy. You're breaking the game, dude. I oh. don't even remember what accuracy means. So what they do is they anticipated people doing it and put voice lines in to say, you are not actually supposed to be able to do this. Yeah, and that's the beauty of Borderlands is because there's so many ways to build a character and there's so many things where... Oh, if you get, like, this class mod, there's a chance to, like, take the ability beyond its limits. Yes. Um, and, yeah, you can just end up finding absolutely ridiculous stuff because the loot in the game is semi-randomised. Yeah, but the fact, though, that um, once you get beyond what the um, the supposed limit the game says... It, like anarchy can stack too. They start putting like fourth wall breaking stuff in of Alan writes some dialogue. Yeah, but and they even make the effort of yeah. We know some fucker's gonna do this, so we're gonna we're gonna have to write something here. We do have to write some voice lines, and um, like I love the Borderlands series, by which I mean I like Borderlands too, hmm. um, and I like Handsome Jack. But have you ever heard about how like Borderlands they accidentally made a character gay due to voice lines? Um. I have seen on the Fat Fiend website that it was like, um, I can't remember his name, but the commander accident. was made like bisexual. Yeah, they they made him a bisexual by accident. And I think it's one of those really amusing stories. It's about the dialogue in the game. Okay. Where um, they wrote the dialogue and all the story and stuff first before they start implementing it into the game because there's so much of it. And one of the things they have is like, as you probably guessed from all my quotes then, and they have random like lines of dialogue for your character when they're doing virtually any action. Yeah. Including like character specific ones. And there are like ones um, for when you are reviving um, a downed ally. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, some of Gage's are. Uh, da, 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 where's when the ones when she's helping some one of her teammates now? Because I'm just scrolling through all the anarchy ones. Oh, there we go. When reviving an ally, it's like, oh, live, live. Ooh, how much do you weigh? Worry not, citizen. I will save you. And then Axton specifically had... Um, like he had a couple, and he was supposed to have ones specifically for women. Oh, okay. Where like, hey, do you work out or something? Like in a flirtatious uh, manner, yeah, he's like helping yeah. up a female character. But um, when they got the guy to recall that voice line and put it into the game, they didn't make it so he only does it to females. Oh, they made right. it so he said it to anyone he can revive, including a guy. And some fans of the game are like, does this mean that Axton uh, is, is gay? Or is he, is he bisexual? And the writers went, well, we never intended it that way, but that's pretty cool. Fuck it, yeah, he's bisexual. 
Fair. Because they realise it doesn't change his character. It doesn't anyway. actually matter whether so or not he is. And if fans want him to be, and there's this voice line in there to like, you know, hint at that, fuck it, why not? Yeah, he's still a badass, why not? Yeah. And I just like that idea, and so many people got really mad about that. Oh, you can't just retroactively make him bisexual. It's like, we didn't. It was apparently always intended due to a mistake, but fuck it, we'll roll with it. And Carl, I think Overwatch would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, beg to differ? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I don't know... Um, behind the scenes of like Overwatch and the development team and how much they'd fleshed out the characters before the game came out. Mm-hmm. But they've um, released comics since that prove... I know, for example, that both Tracer and Soldier 76 are uh, either like bisexual or gay. Oh, is this what Blizzard have done? Um, they, and just, they were after the facts. After the game was released like a year or two later, like... Oh, it turns out Soldier 76 is actually gay. And it's like, I don't know whether that was intentional. And they just have been putting out these little comics since, but they knew what the characters were beforehand. But, no, they had no idea. Or was it, oh, like, this game's got popular and let's give, like, some representation? They're doing that JK Rowling thing of, oh, fuck. Um, uh, it's kind of bad that there's not anyone who's gay in our game. But I will give Blizzard the props, though, for the characters that they did that with are the most boring edgelord picks. Um, but they're not, like, only that. It's the fact that they are two of the mascot characters as well. Yeah, that's good. But, like, uh, Soldier 76, because he's just a generic soldier man with the most boring gameplay moveset. But I like the fact that he's basically Call of Duty man. Yeah, and they made him the gay one. Yeah. And the thing I love is, have you seen some of the outfits they gave him? Were they turned uh, into Soldier Daddy? I think so, yeah, because I played Overwatch not too long ago. Uh, well, they did is like um, they doubled down on this when um, fans started like you know getting mad about it. It's oh no, he's not gay. So what they did is they released um, uh, where's the summer skin? Uh, they did like the one where he's barbecuing at the beach. Like he's so like he's just now he's Soldier Daddy. Mm. It's like look at him, he's fucking ready. <laughs> Here we go, copy the image. Like, they just like they started leaning the fuck into it. It's like, this isn't the, like the uh, the like barbecue daddy one. That's the one, yeah, where he's just barbecuing, just grilling. Yeah, is that the one you, you, you've got up? This is the one I'm sending through, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it. Because, like, you know that's going to piss someone off. Yeah. It's like, and it's, yeah. it's such, like, a stereotypical look of, like, oh, here's what a ma- like an American man looks when the barbecuing. Yeah, and, and they do it. Going, like, oh, look, this is a gay character. Yeah, and you can do it. So, do you know what? Gay characters, like, or gay men, can also be manly. The they two are not like they're not independent of one another. Fuck you. Yeah, it's like I like the fact that it's not. Oh look, we're gonna go down the road of making him look like a stereotypical like gay character. Yeah, it's they just, could no, have, like, He's just a guy that's fucking barbecuing. Yeah, like, they could have gone that route of making him like flamboyantly dressed. It's like no, they're just gonna do it. It's soldier daddy now. Fuck you. Deal with it. Yeah, and like I really don't like the idea of a. Um, oh, yeah, well, we're going to put in a gay character, but we're also going to stick to stereotypes. It's like, no, yeah. fuck you. He's going to be a screaming fucking stereotype. Yeah. But, like, every character, like, every skin they've done for him has got the other one now. Like, they so le- they are leaning so hard into that everyone fucking, yeah, soldier daddy. Like, Lucas, look at this one. Oh, that's like, awesome. They know. Like the, they um, fucking know what they're doing. The evil Knievel kind of look. It's like the ones for, um, like, Chris Redfield. You ever seen any, like, Chris Redfield's, like, alternate costumes? 
Oh yeah, because in Resi in... Five he had like the zebra outfit, didn't he? Yeah, because there is a um, a fan theory that Chris Redfield from the Resident Evil series is gay. Mm-hmm. Uh, backed up by the fact that the only character he ever seems to show any sort of emotional um, connection to, like in terms of like you know close bond where he gets like like physically annoyed when they're hurt or in danger, is Piers from Resident Evil Six. Right. Okay. Yeah. Whereas he's more um, platonic with his like partners like um, Jill and yeah. Sheva. Like he seems to have like a he's close with them in like terms of a friendship, but he seems to be more professional with them. He definitely he definitely comes across as just being a partner, like yeah. as in. Um, partner, you know, from the stars or whatever, not partner, is a romantic partner. And it seems that, like, uh, Resident Evil, they've been leaning... Because I'm just now, I just Google Chris Redfield. I even Google, like, Chris Redfield, like, alternate skins. And I'm getting a lot of deviant art fan out of him with his shirt off. <laughs> well, I'm as soon as they put fucking buff Chris in, I'm not surprised. Yeah, like, there's buff daddy Chris. And just, like, they seem to, at the very least, be aware of it because all of his alternate costumes... I like him wearing like the leather daddy outfit. Mm. Like he looks like the guy from um, uh, one of the village people. Oh right, like, yeah. War- Warrior Chris. Oh, Warrior Chris. Yeah, like Where he's got the, like, the uh, leather straps and the yeah, and the huge big minigun, and then like Sailor Chris. The Sailor one is the like the one where you look at and go, "Fuck yeah, they know. They know exactly what they're doing." So you, you remember Sailor Chris? I don't think I remember Sailor Chris. No. You know what, Lucas? Look at Sailor Chris. Describe Sailor Chris. Oh, wow. Speaking of, like, you know, leaning into fucking stereotypes, Carl. Yeah, that's the one. And that's why um, the theory is that they've not confirmed it yet. Mm. Because it's like, yeah, if he, it turns out they are saying that he's gay, it's kind of bad that they make all of his alternate costumes, like, screaming stereotypes of what a gay man would want. Yeah, because he's in, like, a skin-tight sailor outfit with really short sleeves and really short shorts. And like a bit of midriff showing. It's like, oh, like if you're trying to say that's like what your gay character looks like, it's a bit on the fucking nose. But I love the idea they put it in. Because, I mean, uh, like, I really love them as outfits that Chris is dressed in. Because I like the idea that, because um, I remember Resident Evil Revelation, it's the one that's criticised, like they made Jill's arse really massive, if you remember. I don't remember that specifically about the game. Yeah. One of the criticisms is when you play as Jill, they like made her ass super fucking massive, oh. and it's um, played from behind, like the third person view, like you have in Resident Evil Five, and it just focuses on her anus the entire time. You are basically inside of it. Oh god! So what they did is they made the ult- and I don't mind that when the alternate costume for Chris is equally as like you know leery. Yeah. Because at yeah. least they're like that. Do you know what that is? That's equality, Lucas. That it is, it's like, of, let's, let's give fucking everybody something to look at. It reminds me a lot of Resident, not Resident Evil, Tekken, where um, when Tekken 6 or Tekken Tag Tournament 2 was coming out, oh, the there was an announcement. Suits. Yes, there was an announcement before the game came out that we are going to be putting swimsuits into the game as like a free update. And immediately when you hear that, you're thinking, are they going to dress all the female characters, including the ones who are more demure and for story reasons don't like dressing like this, in skimpy outfits? The answer to which is, yes, they did. But I don't mind it because they also introduced skimpy outfits for all of the men too. Yeah. And um, I'm also a big fan of the fact as well, they kind of leaned into the, like, the outfits represent the personality to a degree. For example, like the character Jun Kazama. Um, is quite like she's more reserved, more demure. Um, her um, swimsuit outfit is like a sarong. 
Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like a like a stylish like sarong with the bikini tops, and you can see someone wearing around a pool. So like they're not all like, just in bikinis. No, but then someone like Anna Williams, who is a character defined by her sexuality, she's got it fucking all out. She don't give a shit. Yeah. And by the same token, you've got characters like um, uh, Paul Phoenix. He's just like, fuck it, I'm just going to wear like, the tighty whiteys. You can't stop me. <laughs> He's got those Speedos on. And I don't mind it in that sense. If you're going to put it in for one, like put it in for the other, like, that's fine. I don't give a shit. It's funny. But there are games like, uh, for example, Skyrim that we were talking about earlier, where it's like, oh, all the men are in really like, you know, cool looking, beefy armor. And then all of the female armor is like skimpy looking. Yes. And would not provide much protection at all. Which is just a trope of the genre at this point. Like, a yeah. genre, I mean, like a fantasy. bad trope of the, the like, fantasy genre, yeah. And it reminds me a little bit of um, the reveal shot of Captain Phasma, where they revealed, like, this is Captain Phasma. Um, she is a female um, leader of the new, like, the First Order of, like, stormtroopers. And there's, like, mm-hmm. a legendary exchange between, like, a fan on Facebook going, oh, how are you supposed to tell it's a woman underneath that outfit? To which the response is, why would you be able to tell it's a woman? It's armor. Yeah, and like, how are you supposed to know that stormtroopers are men underneath the armor? Yeah, it's the thing of like, why would we sexualize it or make it more feminine? It's armor. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? And it's great that that character is played by um, uh, Gwendolyn Christie, who also plays Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. I th- probably the not it's probably not the only one, but it's the only one that springs to mind immediately of a female knight who's wearing just actual knight's armour. And also puts, like, the fucking men to shame in sword fights. Yes, but she's not wearing, like, the uh, the boo plate. Or she's she just not. wears plate mail. She is just wearing big, bulky armour like all of the men do. Yeah, because that's what you wear when you are a knight or when you are on the battlefield. Why because would you, you have... need fucking protection. <laughs> it's just, it's great. I fucking love Gwendolyn Christie. I just love that oh, yeah, exchange of... Why would it be feminine? It's armor. It's like yeah. it's not supposed to be one gender or the other. It's supposed to be there for protection. It's, ut- mm. it's utility. Like fu- it's supposed to be like function over form, man. Who gives a fuck what it looks like as long as it protects you from damage? <laughs> and oh god, man! I'm just I'm looking at this like this again. I just googled Chris Redfield Sailor, and there's so much deviant art. And I'm oh, really I sad that imagine. they're not confirmed him as being gay. Hmm. Because, like, they clearly, they're happy to tease it and lean into this stuff. Why not? Fuck it. Because I don't think it affects his character any, Sam. I mean, I I wouldn't be arsed either way, but... It is one of those, like, gaming fan theories that I'm really on board with because I was like, I don't care one way or the other. Um, And I thought at first, it seems like you're reaching a little bit. You can't base it all on these costumes. And then I, like, went and played some of Resident Evil 6. And you find... Um, conversations about Chris from like mm. Shevert and he doesn't give a fuck he's not answering her at all he's like <laughs> is Chris okay and he's like he don't care but then when Piers gets Kurt he's like no Piers oh god and they talk and then you have like an exchange between Piers and he's talking to Jill of like have you got any pictures of Chris when he was younger I'd really like to see some pictures of Chris when he was younger I want to surprise him it's like wait what what's going on here that's uh, awesome okay and these are all like hidden away in like uh, my little files and stuff that you can find as collectibles. But I love that; it's great. Yeah, because I've not played much of the Abomination that was Resident Evil Six. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played mostly just some Mercenaries mode on it, um, which but, isn't yeah, great. I do not want to play more of that game. I, was, I have to squeeze me. I took a sip of coffee and went down the wrong hole. Like, oh no, 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 Carl! It's not meant to go me. down that way. Oh man, but. 
Yeah, it's, it's a shame that I, I feel so bad for anyone out there who's gay or bisexual. And like, this is the level we have to reach for to find any semblance of representation. And I think that's the thing is, it's, there is really, really limited representation if if you're not a just straight white male gaming, yeah. it does not represent anyone else very well. Yeah, so to anyone out there who's like probably thinking, um, oh, this sounds like a reach. The reason we have to make reaches like this is because like there is no there is no representation out there for gay men in like mainstream gaming. They have to make these huge reaches of um, and jumps in logic because mm. what else is there for them? And it reminds me like, of that conversation we had the other day that actually left me like floored when I thought about it um, after the fact. And it was when we were looking at the character select screen for Smash Bros. Yeah. And I said, just offhandedly, um, Pokemon gets more representation than the entire female genre on this character select screen. The and genre said, of females, Carl. You said, no, they don't, and then had to double check because you couldn't remember. Yeah, and the fact that we were like, look, take out anyone that has an alternate skin that's female. So, like, Villager, for example, has female outfits, but the default is the male version on the screen. And that's the one that's on the box of the game. That is. That's um, the that's the version of the character that they are using as default. That's the character we're taking at us. So, yeah, there was a legitimate argument of what was more, like, represented. And uh, Pokemon kind of evened out with women. Yeah, is it? what? Uh, so Pokemon gets just as much representation um, in a video game, celebrating all aspects of gaming than the entire gender of women like yeah. women as a gender and that's um, brings me into the other conversation we had which like again like i sat and thought like, man that's fucking rough when i asked the question of can you think of a single character who is black who you could legitimately argue deserves a spot in this game and i don't mean to any other countries out there can you name a black character from a video game so do you uh, want to, like, just define the criteria that we like um uh, came up with on the day yeah so similar to the majority of picks in uh super smash bros like there are moments when you get oh piranha plant as a character yes but for the most part like look at it it the idea of it was like the mascots of games come together to fight so yeah. mario link donkey kong like main characters like protagonists antagonists of the game yeah, and Smash Bros, as we see it, I think we're in agreement on this, it's a celebration of the like the medium as a whole. Well, that's what it has become, yeah, because there's that many representatives that are like third party. You've got, you know, a game where Mario, Sonic, Donkey Kong, like Mega Man, Pac-Man, um, like Simon from Castlevania, Ryu, they're all in there together. Yeah, and... Um... Like that can bring us into like third parties specifically. They like it's more strict with those, but um, Nintendo properties kind of get a pass because fuck it, they own everything. They could put what they want in. But I, I asked the question of my audience on stream, and I can ask it of like people who listen to this podcast now. Uh, I, I would be interested if anyone has any picks because we couldn't think of one of a character who fits the criteria of being black, being from a video game that you think deserves like you know its place along that pantheon. Of like so, gaming legends. So yeah, we're not be... talking about any game, but like a game that is either a Nintendo property and they can do whatever they want with it, so it can be obscure, or a third party that like 
it's a game as big as like Street Fighter. Yeah, and that way a legitimate argument or an argument can be made that they deserve a place or that they are as iconic or the series they come from deserves as much representation as something like Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't think of one. And when we were saying it, we had people coming on stream. What about Sergeant Johnson from Halo? It's like he's not even on the fucking box. And yeah, he has and no then even if you went, well, oh, what about Sheva from Resident Evil 5? Like, yeah, but she is on the list of like Resident Evil characters. She has been playable in what one game compared yeah. to others that have been starring in multiple like main and side games. Which also leads us into the other criteria the character has to fulfill, and that is that you can think of a moveset for them. Yeah. And with those criteria in place, which I don't think is that extreme, because that presumably is the thought process that goes into every character that is put into that game, we could not think of a single character of colour who fits it, and that's really fucking bad well, for an we entire medium. We mentioned there was the one one pick that could have happened, which was Twintel from ARMS, but they ended up picking Min Min. Yes. And at that point, there's not going to be more than one representative from ARMS. Like, there was one ARMS character, and it could have been any of them. So it could have been Twintel, but it wasn't. And we couldn't think of a single black character you could that fits all those criteria, and that like just highlights how fucking like, dire the situation is, and how little representation uh, like black gamers do have and in even, the medium. Um, I mentioned it during the stream of like, even the characters that are meant to be Japanese, like for example, Moth, they still look more like white men mm-hmm. than they actually do like any Asian man, even though they're all meant to be Japanese people. Yeah, and it's, it's like really it's really bad that like even all of those characters that are meant to be like of Asian um, descent all like seem to just look like white people. They just look like it's generic like, anime characters, don't they? They they do, but like even then, they all like. 3D models, so they're kind of a little bit more realistic looking than like an anime character. Yeah, and it's just it's really strange. And I know that there are people out there they're going to be mentioning. Oh, what about Lee Everett from the Walking Dead games? And like again, the criteria isn't black character from a video game. It is black character who like can justifiably like earn a place amongst these like other um, icons of the genre. Oh, sorry, the medium, and has a move set. Yeah. And it was just really baffling because I brought this up a couple of times on stream and you always get people making like suggestions like, oh, they just list a black character from a game. It's like, that doesn't prove that we're wrong. If anything, the fact you're having to reach so far and keep mentioning the same four fucking examples yeah. shows how dire it is. And I genuinely could not think. And it's, it's really anyone. bad. And like we have obviously talked about this on other things. So I don't want to spread the conversation out too far. But just the fact that, yeah, we struggled to find as like a single character and the fact that people were not only making like really obscure suggestions they were making suggestions that probably wouldn't even be able to like have a move set yeah like sergeant johnson from halo yeah and it's and then just really bad it was like as well just like see i think we play like the day it was announced that patrick boseman that's a patrick boseman chadwick boseman had passed away i think that was and part I, of what um inspired the conversation inspired the yeah. conversation yeah and I went up and I looked at the character select screen and went, there is not a single black character on this entire screen. And then people were arguing, there's one and it's Ganondorf. And I was like, if your argument is the one black character is the king of evil, it's probably not a good look. And then you have, oh, but what about the villager? The villager has one skin out of eight. That's a black guy or a black child. It's like, so you're saying that it is ex- you think it's an acceptable level of representation 
for one alternate skin out of 80 characters is an acceptable level of representation and Ganondorf apparently apparently even though he's got like green skin <laughs> he's green but he's, then again that did allow us to have that conversation of um like characters from fiction that aren't black but everyone agrees are black like piccolo and knuckles yeah, yeah. where even though they're not like everyone agrees piccolo's black yeah and every now and again, I'm going to try and find the picture of like, because I, every time I think about it, I chuckle. And it's just the guy who's like, oh, I'm, uh, this Black History Month, I want to celebrate single black fathers in fiction. And it always puts a picture of Piccolo up there. <laughs> oh, I love Piccolo so much. And I always just love the idea that, yeah, Piccolo is, you know, the not actual, like, not biological father, but just the spiritual father of Gohan. Yeah, to the point where even in the fucking the manga, they reference that and they have to cut it out in the show because it weirds people out. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, because uh, Joe, the Tournament of Power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Gohan wears his gi. Yes. Like, he wears Goku's gi. Um, in the Tournament of Power in the um, uh, the manga, he wears Piccolo's outfit. Oh, really? Joey's, what, Joey's ultimate Gohan outfit. Yeah. Where it's, um, or the one he wears when he goes Super Saiyan 2. The purple like the slippers one. and stuff. Like that's reminiscent of Piccolo, a Piccolo makes in the, the clothes. With his clothes beam. Yeah, that's what he wears in the Tournament of Power in the thing. Because he fights alongside Piccolo, doesn't he? So yeah, he trains with him oh, rather man. than his dad. Oh, that's so annoying. I never knew is that. It, yeah, that's something he does. Because that is my... In my head, like, that is how Gohan looks. He looks... um, In my head, like, he's wearing... Piccolo's outfit because you know that's who trained him that's his father figure yeah no I can't find the actual meme but it's just the first image that comes up it's just a side by side of Piccolo and Knuckles and just a tweet saying we all know these guys are black and only cowards won't admit it (laughs) it's fucking so good fucking love Piccolo he's so awesome oh man and like just speaking of being a coward, I uh, saw a post yesterday and like the uh, Hyrule Warriors sequel was just announced. Oh yeah, man. Where you so can like good. you're gonna be able to play as the four champions and I think it was um, the completionist part of poll on Twitter, like, Oh, who are you most excited to play? And I was like, the fact that only like forty percent of people voted Obosa shows how many people are cowards. Yeah, they're they're afraid to admit it. They're afraid like, to just like give themselves over oh, to Obosa. Man. Obosa is by far and away, just every conceivable way, she is the character I want to play as in a fucking battle game. She is the most interesting character, and my mind was blown because I'm not a really big fan of the Zelda franchise. When playing Breath of the Wild with you, and like every time she's on screen, like this character's fucking awesome. Yeah. What else has she been in? You told me this is the first game she's introduced. I'm like, how is she not in more stuff? She's so cool. Yeah, and hopefully she- now, like. We're essentially, story-wise, going to get a Breath of the Wild trilogy. Yeah. Because we're getting the prequel in the form of like the Hyrule Warriors game, then Lucas, Breath of the Wild I know what game well. we're fucking playing on stream. Oh, yes. We're playing Urbosa's coming back, baby. Urbosa Simulator. Like, because I said, like, she's so fucking cool. And the, if they don't have Urbosa, at the very least, in the sequel to Breath of the Wild in some way, I'm going to be so annoyed. Because she is by far and away like the coolest original character from that game. And she has one of the strongest designs as well. Oh, she looks so fabulous. She's amazing. 
And then the idea of, oh, she summons lightning, how? By clicking her fingers. <laughs> and I'm still mad that my idea of having her do like the other sassy three clicks there. And summoning three lightning bolts at once, that she doesn't do that. Like, oh, it'd be so good. Oh, Put that so, in. so, so good. Like, that better be just like her ultimate attack in Hyrule Warriors. Just clicking her fingers. <laughs> it's going to be a default attack. It's going to be like a level one. You'll press one button and she's going to click her fingers. Oh, my God. Like, she's so fucking cool. Like, God damn. I, like, the cowardice of gamers, man. I love it. I They're so cowardly. They, they won't confront strong women. Own it. Give yourself over to a bosa. Like, the thing is, anyway. you don't need to give yourself over because she'll just take you. Yeah. Like, people are just afraid to admit it. <laughs> it's like so many gamers are just cowards. And like, it's, I've never experienced like anything quite like it. Where I, why is it that people who play video games are so resistant to the idea of the thing they enjoy being accessible to more people. That's one thing that always gets me because I, I mean, I've had many conversations with you specifically about like the fighting game community. And just, this, this is something that we've talked about for years and years. Just I've never encountered such a community that is hateful to anyone that wants to get involved. And isn't as good as they are immediately off the bat. Yeah, and it happens in a lot of different communities, uh, very specifically gaming communities, but, like, just the idea that, oh, yeah, I'm in an arcade, and, like, someone comes up and goes, oh, I want to play this fighting game too, and it's like, no, you suck, go away, how dare you be interested in what I am? Is that how dare you share my interests and want to get better at it and be part of what I love? Fuck you. And there's a weird amount of gatekeeping in a lot of, like, nerd cultures specifically gaming and like comic books as well it's really bad yeah. one for it it's like oh no like more women want to read comic books which is going to like uh, have more money uh, going into the industry which is going to result in more things that i enjoy being made this sucks i hate it yeah and i think like i specifically will mention those two communities because you get so many people going like, oh fake geek girls and fake gamer girls and they get so riled up by the idea that somebody goes, oh, hey, I like gaming. It's, well, not as much as me. Yeah, You're clearly a fake fan. I've, I've experienced this in real time. I'm not sure if I've talked about it before, but um, an ex-girlfriend of mine was really, really into video games. Yeah. And we went to a video game tournament. Like it was a, Basically, it was just one for charity. So it's like, oh, play games and have fun. And a game she really, really likes is she likes Mortal Kombat. Yeah, huge, 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 huge fan of the Mortal Kombat franchise, and um, I will, did, I will never forget it because um, she was there, and I was like over in the car, I was getting a drink, and I bumped into someone that I knew, and she was talking to a random dude, and mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I, I look the way I look, so I'm not really one to speak about people's appearances, but uh, my ex-girlfriend um, was pretty good looking. She was like a, a, a promo girl. Okay, okay, yeah. So she was hired specifically for her looks. Yeah. And she was all done up that night, and she was talking to a a guy who, who would turn up to one of those things. Yeah. But also not make the effort, because you know they were going to go to it anyway. <laughs> is the way I'm going to describe them as diplomatically as I can. Talking to my girlfriend. And my girlfriend was showing a genuine interest and enthusiasm in what he was saying, because he was there to play Mortal Kombat, and she was really excited to talk to him about it. Yeah. And I remember I went over, because I saw that the conversation ended quite abruptly, and she just left. And he's like, oh, um, is everything okay? And she said, yeah, I mentioned that I like Mortal Kombat, and he was talking to me about it, and 
he was just grilling me on how to do special moves with certain characters, <sighs> and I got bored, so I left. Yeah. And it's like, that guy was speaking to an incredibly attractive girl who was interested in what was evidently his favorite pastime, and he fucked it up because he couldn't let his ego, like, just not, not ruin it for him. And I experienced this um, quite a lot. Uh, over the years, I've been in a relationship with Jenna, and me and Jenna play games together on, like, a daily to weekly basis, depending on how busy we are. Mm-hmm. We play, like, Destiny 2 a lot together. And she, she, she fucking works for PlayStation as well. Yeah. And I specifically have this one example of, like, we were at a party, and I was just getting to know this guy that I, I'd not met. I'd met that evening, like, and we were just getting to know each other by talking about games. And Jenna walks past and goes like, oh, what are you guys talking about? And he's like, oh, you wouldn't be interested. We're talking about games. And she just fucking flipped her lid and was like, no, go fuck yourself. So I How dare you just assume that I'm not into this conversation because I'm a fucking woman. And it's like, oh my God, he just dismissed her completely. Like, go away you would not be interested in this conversation because you're a female. So I obviously just walked away as well. Yeah. Like, fuck that guy. You don't need that kind of energy in your life. No. It's just, it's so self-defeating. It's something my current girlfriend, she's mentioned a few times to me. Of, um, there is just something, like, it's, it's, it's almost something you'd pity if the people who display this kind of behaviour just are such huge dicks. Yeah. Where... Like they feel like people don't like them because of their hobby. They feel they've been dismissed for their like their hobby or their interests. Like um, maybe they were picked on in school um, for liking video games, liking nerdy stuff. And like as they get older, maybe that gives them some kind of complex. But you can't help but think to yourself when you speak to them and see how just angry they are and how mm-hmm. dismissive they are at other people. Maybe people didn't not like you because you like video games and comics. Maybe it's just because you're a prick. And you're um, using this as an excuse. <laughs> I you guess met so. Like that. Yeah, so like, I like I um I've got a few, fr- like not friends but like people I were friends with in high school that ended up that way and like I don't really talk to them now. But um, yeah, I specifically being a Pokemon fan that like always had that thing of when it got to the age of about thirteen, fourteen, Pokemon stopped being cool. Yes. So a small niche of us like would like gather in the corner of a field where people couldn't find us and like play Pokemon together as like this fucking tiny little group of people that didn't want to be found out because mm-hmm. it's not cool. And then the way that I see it is like, oh, okay, well, as I got a bit older, everyone started going, no, fuck it, Pokemon is cool. Like, let's all just embrace that we like Pokemon mm-hmm. um, and we're not afraid to admit it anymore. But some of those people turned around and like. Oh, how dare you? You used to make fun of us for playing Pokemon. Like, fuck you, you're not allowed to like it now. It's like, no, oh. just like, go, take the fucking uh, high road and just go, you know what? Awesome, let's play Pokemon together. Yeah, but well, some people just can't, they can't let that um, uh, those perceived slights against them when they were younger, they just can't let it go. No, they really, really can't. It's like, I've experienced so many times with things like um, Pokemon and Beyblades, and Yu-Gi-Oh, and it's just like the amount of people that are salty that, man, a 14-year-old kid made fun of me for this, and now it's popular, or now it's it now it's acceptable to like it, I will say. Or using um, uh, it as an excuse 
um, for why they act the way they do. It's like, maybe like you just shit. Maybe you just crap at this. It's like, um, again, McCourty obviously had a great way of putting it of, like, I've had, before she met me, like, guys that I'd, like, talk to, and then just, like, ghosts. And they would always do that guy thing of get really angry about it. Mm. And they'd, like, they'd turn it into a complex of, like, oh, is it because I'm, like, I don't look a certain way? Is right. it because I'm not, like, um, uh, conventionally attractive? And you must have seen this from the peripheral of guys that are angry, like they're maybe not, they're not tall enough, or they get angry at, like, they can't grow a beard. Uh, like yeah, I, I have, like, a lot of friends who have been frustrated by one thing or another that you've just mentioned, yeah. Yeah, and you've seen, like, guys online who get really fucking angry at the idea of women dismissing them because maybe they're not tall enough. Mm-hmm. And she said she blew up on one guy once and went, well, I'm not bothered that you're short. I'm just bothered that you don't fucking shower. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't help that you're short, but you could fucking shower and actually, like, you know, pay attention to your personal hygiene. That's why I didn't want to hang out with you anymore. It's like, oh. And it is weird, like, I always had a lot of issues about stuff like that when I was like, you know, maybe like late teenager, early 20s, because a lot of people told me like, look, Lucas, like you're five foot seven, people don't want to date a guy that's five foot seven, or like, look, Lucas, like you dye your hair, you paint your nails, girls are going to think you're gay, or like, oh, you're ginger, like people don't like ginger people, and it's like, just the list of things where it's like, oh, I just had... Um, things in the back of my head where it would lower my confidence around women. But as soon as, yeah, as soon as I just went, you know what, fuck it, I am who I am, all of a sudden, like, not only did my confidence go up, but then I found it easier to, like, you know, get dates and meet girls and stuff and just generally make relationships with people in general because I felt more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, so confidence is key when it comes to this sort of thing. And you're... You'll see it a lot when you say stuff like that. It's like, oh, it's easier to be confident when you are insert thing that I am not. But it really is true. Like, um, and I, I, the kind of guy who has that thought process generally see women as being inferior, mm. or they see them as being like easy to trick. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. if like they'll like ascribe to those like um, uh, ways of being like if you neg women, like, you know, insult them in a polite way so they like lower their self esteem and then take advantage or. Um, like game theory and all that sort of thing. It's like women are human and humans on the whole are not stupid when it comes to things such as just picking up on someone's intentions Yes. for the most part. So maybe that's the reason that women don't respond well to you. It's because they can just tell in the back of their head from the way you approach them and talk to them that you don't respect them. And a lot of the time, I don't know if you've had situations like this where it's like, um, oh, you know, guy will come over... And then like, within minutes, I'm like, I, I don't really like that guy's vibe. Yeah. And it's like, him. oh, but he's, he's just saying hello. And then like three hours later, it's like, oh, no, he was trying to hit on all of us at once. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Well, some shit like that. I'm assuming and it's, it's a thing that happens a lot more to women because like they have yeah, to exactly. a lot more. So they're more attuned to that kind of behavior. But it's really strange that just like the kind of man who thinks that women are really easy to trick. Like, you'll usually see where it's like, oh, man, um, women just want guys who like kiss their ass or they just want bad guys. Like, it varies what they think women want. It's either, oh, um, women only want bad guys or guys who treat them like shit, but then they'll accuse like people like me and you because we like you know we respect women mm-hmm. of white knighting to try and get in their pants. 
And it's yeah. like, so what, what is it you think women actually respond to? Is it being nice to them or is it being mean to them? But neither of them seem to work for you. So what is it? And if women are so easy to trick or it's so easy or being nice is a way to trick women into sleeping with you, why aren't you just nice to them even if you're pretending to be so? Yeah, and we've spoken on like podcasts in the past and streams in the past. Like People come up like, people have genuinely asked both of us yeah, how and do time. I like introduce myself to women? It's like, what? It's like, well, how do I like go up and get a woman to date me? It's like, go and say hello. Yeah, Try I've, having I've a conversation it, with them. I've said it multiple times. The best chat up line ever is just the word hello. And um, like jokey chat up lines, they do work in certain circumstances. And this is the I, problem. I think where... jokey chat up lines work best when it's trying to break the ice in like, um, like on Tinder, on like yeah. dating websites and stuff. If you've got, like, a funny little line, try it there, not in real life. But I've seen it as well of, like, men getting frustrated with Tinder. Of, like, oh, man, women just keep ghosting me. It's like, maybe the vibe you're putting out, they're not stupid. People can tell. And then you'll look at the profile picture, and it's shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's, like, really superficial to judge someone on something, like, a bad photo. But at the same time, I've seen the kind of guy who makes that complaint. And I've seen how they talk about the women on Tinder. As if you're going to be a super... Just... In your head, just think that women are going to be as superficial about your appearance as you are about theirs, and mm. you'll probably be fine. And they okay. never turn it in on themselves and think. I've seen so many ones where it's like pictures of men going like, hello, and then the woman responds like, hi, hello. And then the man's like, oh, well, that's a shit response, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, you're, you're not giving me any conversation here. And it's like, you didn't start any conversation. You just said hi. And I know we just said that hello is the best chat line. I mean in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think online dating is a completely different world and one that I was not very successful in, so don't take my advice there. But, like, um, yeah, it's just funny seeing the amount of, like, pictures, you know, on Reddit and stuff where it's like, oh, yeah. people are just like, oh, I don't understand why this girl ignored me. And it's like, oh, uh, she didn't respond within 10 minutes, so I sent her a message like, fuck you, why are you ignoring me? Yeah, I, so called, her, I called her a bitch. For ignoring me or having a life. Yeah. Um, why is she not responding? <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like you're letting the mask slip. Mm-hmm. Of like, And again, people can pick up on that sort of thing. And if within you are the kind of person who within like 10 minutes of not getting a response, um, it, your default is to just go from zero to 100 and immediately start calling the woman a bitch. Like, that kind of energy just oozes out of every port and people can see it coming a mile off. It literally oozes out of every port to the point where it oozes into your fucking Tinder conversations. Yeah. Like, the most casual um, conversation you'll probably ever have with a woman and you're making it immediately serious and giving her a time frame to respond. Yeah, and, like, I think the, the, the best way I've seen, like, my friends handle it is just, like, come up with an interesting question like ask them ask them something a about themselves and b something that they won't have seen 300 times that day yeah well that's um like the like it's such obvious advice and the probably people are like, of course but i i've seen this in real life mm. i've been out and seen guys that i've been hanging out with. i don't want to name any names but like the people that we both <laughs> know yeah and like oh how do you like what did you say to that girl when you was like i said hello Mm. And then I started a conversation based on her response because, oh, yeah, she said hello and then I, I pick up on her body language and we had a conversation and then I walked away. It's not hard. Like, 
Well, maybe that's and because I'm like, I have a background in like acting. Maybe, yeah. Uh, and at I think... school, I mean, not like professionally, but I was like, I was, um, yeah. did drama at school and I did stand up in university and I took part in a lot of classes for that. But that's just more of like a confidence thing. And then we were both the member of like a lot of groups. And like ice breaking is kind of like the done thing. And then we eventually took over some of those societies. So we had to, like, as part of um, like the initiation, when new people joined, you have to like try and get people to like talk to each other. Yeah, you have some groups. Like it's kind of like your uh, responsibility to make sure the social group becomes social. And like yeah. you're introducing everyone and like making people feel safe in that environment. So yeah, that is something that we both have experience with. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, hold that thought. I'm going to run to the bathroom dead quick. That's okay. No, it's not, Carl. Oh no, I'm going anyway. Stop. <laughs> so apologies for that um, uh, that brief break, but I was just sat here rocking backwards and forwards. I really need a pee. I really oh, need the a Carl pee. Tech. The Carl Tech rocking backwards and forwards. But um, something I was reminded of when I went to the bathroom. Trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. Is um, okay. just speaking of like, uh, just people asking us. It sounds like um, like we're making this up, but um, I'm hoping people trust me enough to know I wouldn't bullshit about something like this. But Luke, you can confirm that we get asked more than you'd expect, like life advice. Yeah, and I guess it's just like people see somebody else online as like. They, they put people on a bit of a pedestal, I guess. Yeah, and it's like, I'm a stranger, but I'm not. But I'm more thinking, like, maybe, like, people seem to think, oh, well, there's someone I watch online. They have their shit together. No, I don't. No one online has their shit together. That's no, I, I definitely online. do not. But people seem to perceive it like I do. But, yeah. Like, maybe that's why we get asked a, a lot of questions about just general advice. But the weird one is, like, I can understand if someone wants to know how, how would I, like, find success on YouTube, to which I don't have an answer to. It's, um, it, my success is inexplicable. But I guess, like, I, I get asked life advice mm-hmm. of, oh, what do I do? Like, I remember distinctly there was, like, a series of streams where a guy kept coming in and asking for advice about talking to women. And every time I was like, look, mate, I don't fucking know. I don't want to say anything specific because I don't know your situation. Yeah, I think I was on a couple of those streams and was just like, how are we meant to know? There's so, so many different th- variables. Like variables. Yeah. I remember saying, look, there, I presume there were some women in the chat right now. Ask them. Ask the opinion of a woman. And the guy's like, nah. It's like, maybe that's where you're wrong. It's like, I don't fucking know. Like, why don't you ask the opinion? It's like, um, I remember one distinctly. Um, he was asking about approaching a girl. Um, that he likes and it's like oh okay then so tell me about her it's like oh, okay she works in a shop near me i'm like don't fucking no don't no that's it no absolutely do not and then i remember the guy like get a bit defensive as people want to do when like an idea they have is immediately shit on mm-hmm. it's like, oh but um uh, like and before you even got that out like three women who were in the stream were like do not approach a woman when she's working she probably doesn't like you as harsh as it sounds she's just doing a fucking job yeah, and I made that mistake that back in my foolishness, like the youthful days. Uh, I might have been like 18, 19 and didn't really know about that. But can confirm from first-hand experience is not a good idea and it makes yeah. them very uncomfortable because they can't yeah. run away. They're at work. They are paid money to be nice and polite to you. But I just remember seeing that and then seeing the guy try and argue with like three or four women who were all telling him this is a terrible idea as a woman can confirm would hate this please don't do it 
And the guy was like, okay, well, I'm going to try it anyway, and I'll let you know how it goes, and I never saw him again. <laughs> it's like, please, can people give me advice on this thing I want to do? Don't do it. Nah, fuck you. It's like, why did you ask for advice? Like, essentially, I, I think people are that aren't looking for advice. They're looking for, like, Permission. confirmation that what they're going to do is a good idea. They're already yeah, I, going to do it. They just want somebody to tell them it's a good idea. Yeah, I just remember that one of like, oh yeah, well, um, just as soon as I saw it, it's a girl that works in a store, and I'm like, fuck you, don't do it, mate. Yeah, don't. It is the worst possible thing, and it's like the guy's like, nah. And I, I do feel bad. And what a power bad. move to like come up to a group of people, go, can I have some advice? People give you the advice, and then you go, nah, fuck you, that's terrible. That's terrible advice. What would you know, woman? <laughs> About being a woman. What advice would you know? I'm going to go talk to this woman in a bookstore or whatever the fuck. Oh, God, all of it. Oh, but like, uh, yeah, and I think to close on, so that I like a lot because it's just it's so surreal. Okay. Because it's not one of those things you can uh, control. We talked earlier, like, there's guys who have a complex about certain things. And the one that I have experienced personally, and it's the strangest one, is height. Yeah. Uh, I'm somewhat tall, I think, and I think I spoke on the podcast before where my actual stance of how tall I am was massively skewed due to the like, the prevalence of men insisting they're six feet tall, who are, right. in some cases, several inches shorter than that. Mm. Walking up to me, and I can confirm I am six foot two and three quarters. So I say six three because when I'm in shoes, which I'm always going to be when I'm meeting people, mm. I'm essentially six foot three inches tall. And you know what? If guys who are five foot ten can say they're six foot, I'm adding that quarter inch. Fuck you. <laughs> but I had so many guys who were like five foot ten standing next to me going, Bloody hell, you're tall. It's like, thanks. You must be six and a half feet tall. So I had this really strange, inflated sense of how tall I am. Right, okay. Because of insecure men insisting that I must be this tall because they know that they are this tall. So, like, uh, if they are five foot nine but say they're six foot, you at six foot nearly three must be like six foot seven. Yeah, because I'm like six inches tall. I'm clearly like half a foot taller than they are. And mm. I have never experienced more hostility when talking to men. I'm like, like, you know, just randomly in pubs and stuff than mm. when I try and correct them on that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I remember it gave me a huge compliment. I remember going home one weekend and my mum, like she was, I think, measuring my sister for her school clothes or something like that. Like getting a height and things like that so you get measured for a blazer. I went, oh, well, can you just check how tall I am? And yeah. it confirmed that I am this tall. And then I remember I was at the, a doctor. I had a doctor's appointment. I got them to like double check. And then I think like a couple of weeks later, it came up again in a pub. It's like, oh, bloody hell, you're tall. How tall are you? And I went, oh, I'm six foot two and a bit. And mm. the guy got really mad. And he corrected me on my own height. And from that day, I just say, I don't know. Because it happened multiple times. <laughs> Oh, so you like that guy is arguing? No, you can't be six foot two because I am six foot one, but also five inches shorter than you. Yeah, like they do that guy thing of um, oh no, that, like Joe, when they get aggressively correcting of you. Yeah, and when you try and turn away to like cease the conversation, they'll continue talking at you and don't let you leave. Mm -hmm. so I, I don't really want to have that moment anymore, so I've stopped telling people. Else. I just say I don't know. I've not checked in a while. Yeah. Because it's not worth having that argument. And sometimes, like, yeah, feigning ignorance is just the best way to get out of a conversation. And I've, like, noticed this with, um, since I've gotten Cade, 
it's like a lot of people ask a lot of like weird questions about the dog and I'm just I don't know there's like people, people like come up and start going oh where did where did you get that dog from and like how much was it and blah 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 and I'm like I know there's like a lot of weird people out there and a lot of like you know not assuming anything but there's a lot of dog thefts especially yeah. lately <laughs> since lockdown and I'm like, I don't want to tell anyone anything about my dog. I don't want to tell them my dog's worth said amount of money so they can just take it and sell it. Exactly. So I'm Which just like, is... I don't know. I'll just walk away. Yeah, it's like, you can pet my it. dog. I don't care. Like I'll tell you that it's a puppy and his name. And that's about all I'm fucking telling you. Other than that, I don't know. Optimum cuteness level so they could sell him on Facebook Marketplace. Exactly. And that, that's quid. a horrible thing. Of like, just having to be aware of like, look... Um, I've got to just pretend that I know nothing about my own dog because I'm just scared that I don't know like anybody could be completely innocent or completely guilty. So you just got to assume the worst of everyone. Oh man, like um, some of my my least favorite stories just about humanity, like the ones that I look at and go, man, we as a species we don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I, like giant meteor 2020, end it all is, um, I think it's a Reddit thread or something like that, of, oh, um, shop workers of Reddit, uh, what's the depressing facts about your job we don't know? And someone from a pet store said, you would not believe how many people come in to return puppies and kittens and other small animals after they grow up, um, saying, I'm done with them now. Of people coming in, like, adopting or buying very small puppies and kittens, having them until, like, and for a, a while, and then they stop being cute, just taking them back to the store, saying, I don't want it anymore. And it's like, oh, oh that, that, that's really just hurt me inside. It is, yeah, that is apparently a, a huge fucking thing that happens a lot. And there yeah. was obviously, like, there's obviously the whole, like, don't buy a puppy for Christmas. Like, as in, don't yeah, buy a, it a just not for, Christmas. for Christmas. And there's been that similar vein, like, uh, people buying dogs and like adopting dogs and stuff during lockdown and then taking them back when they have to go back to work as soon as they have to go back to work i'm done with this now it it's done its job i don't need the dog for company or um, uh, companionship anymore please take it back and there's been like a massive surge of um like adoption centers being like please please adopt a dog because everybody's just chucking dogs out because yeah. they're they're going back to work and they've got nothing to do with it now. Oh, it's like it's just like, looking oh, at you fucking prick. And to clarify, like I will uh, mention, we ended up having to buy a puppy, aka Cade, because like we are in a flat without a garden. Um, basically, adoption centres were like, "Look, if you don't have a garden, it's pretty much a no go." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like we did have a look, we did attempt, and we were aware of the problem. Um, but it was a case of like, look. We tried for several months to adopt, and everywhere just said no. So we kind of had to just. And a lot of dogs that you want to adopt are used to a certain like level of comfort, and they need a garden. Whereas a puppy, you can like you can raise him, um, to like you know, be a house dog, I suppose. But well, we have a, a park literally yeah, right like, nearby. I know you're walking him every day because we you walk are, like, him every single day. So it's not like he's day. um he's not getting like exercise and he's not going out onto a big field or anything, but yeah. But it's, just that it's, it's a oh, shame, yeah. uh, but I understand why they do dog. it because it is for the best of the dog as well. Like I, I get it, I get it. But we did want to try before we bought a dog. But like, yeah, we're returning this dog. I'm done with it now. It's like, yeah, oh, God, it's you just, are a... 
oh god, that dog did nothing but unconditionally love you, and then you're fucking like throwing it on the trash because it's like not needed anymore. It's not cute. Well, the absolute worst example of that, and we can end on this because it might be the story that reads like the most like it's fake. Well, there's a lot of stories that reading like the the fake right now, Carl. That are real because the world's just a yeah. horrible place. Um, this is a this is a real story. Um, so, and um, there's some parroting YouTubers called the Staffers or Stofers. Uh, it's Micah and James Stofer, and um, what they did, they're a YouTube family, and they like uh, basically just their influencers who are like, yeah, we raise our kids, we adopt kids. And they have uh, 700,000 subscribers on um, uh, their YouTube channel. And in 2016, they began their adoption journey, um, um, which they announced on social media, of course, mm-hmm. and in, a, in a video titled, Big Announcement, Baby Number 4. And what they talked about is that they were going to adopt a baby from abroad. Okay. And they, um, shared their adoption journey, a lot of which was in um, monetized posts. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... They adopted a baby from China with special needs. Okay. And when he arrived in the United States, they obviously all monetized, all in videos, um, highlighting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what they did is they, they gave the baby back. What? Yep. What? Uh, so what happened was um, they like announced their baby. Um, they had their baby in some posts, some videos. And then out of nowhere, they had just... Where, where's this baby? Where's this baby you adopted? Where's baby number four? Like where, where Huxley, the name is. Um, so what happens? They uploaded a video um, explaining that, oh yeah, um, we knew the baby had special needs, but it was um, more than we could handle. Um, so yeah, we put the baby up for adoption. Holy shit. So they chose... To like adopt this baby and you know look after it, but when yep. nah, even though we commitment. even though we had all the information available before we took this baby, it was quote like too much for them, and we're just giving it back now that we've made the money. Yeah, fucking hell. They talk about oh no, like, there was more um, like uh, special needs than we were aware of, and like Huxley had specialized needs that we could not take care of. But, like, you read the story, and it really, really, really does sound like, though, we adopted a baby from China, realised that it was more effort than we were willing to do, and fucking got rid. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, a lot of parents, you know, have babies that are born with special needs without them being aware of it, and you know what they do, Carl? They don't give the baby away. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And let's just bear in mind, yeah... Not only did they do this, they probably made quite a lot of money off it. Oh, yeah. Because they obviously had, like, tons of monetized posts along the way. And there's just, like, a couple of things, like, little things where they were like, oh, yeah, um, we went, we were watching some of their videos, and you can see that in his videos. He got, like, mittens, salitate to his hands because he was, like, chewing on his fingernails and stuff like that which is like a really bad thing to do um, to kids that have special needs because they mm-hmm. don't understand why they're doing it. Yeah. And he says, oh yeah, we just gave the baby back. It really sounds like, yeah, we just couldn't be arsed with this. Yeah, we got rid of the baby. Oh God. And like, I, I've never heard of these people before. Like, this is 
out of context for me, but with the context I have, that sounds really fucking bad. Mm-hmm. Really bad. Especially as well when you monetize the video, when you don't even tell anyone what happened to the kid. Yeah, they were more than willing to spend, like, what, four years, did you say? Yeah. Making money off, like, videos of how... The whole process was going. It was like a process over a couple, like over a while. Yeah. Um, do you know what the best bit is as well? When they were asked, um, "Why didn't you tell anyone that you just got rid of your fucking baby?" Oh, we did it for the uh, privacy and legal reasons. We didn't want the baby's privacy to be violated. You know, the baby that they monetized in videos that they uploaded without his consent. Oh, like all of a sudden you're really, really concerned about the yeah. privacy, aren't you? Uh, that was their excuse. So, oh no, we did it to protect his privacy. It's like you put him in videos for months. Like you, like you, fucking, you've documented every step of the of the journey you took to mm. get him into your home, yeah. and then when he's not in it anymore, suddenly now you care about his privacy. Yeah. Oh God. So that's a good story, that isn't it? Oh, it made me feel a little bit sick, Carl. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I don't feel good anymore. I didn't feel good after the puppy bit, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, For the the nice end of the story is, though, um, the baby, little Huxley, did get placed with a family who's not monetizing um, a baby with special needs for, like, YouTube or Instagram clout. They're just looking after him because he needs looking after and they're giving him the care, support and love that he needs. Well, that's good to know. So do you remember that one? What was that one that happened a while ago where it was though like that prank channel where it was a dad being a dick to his kids and he got one of the kids taken off him? Do you remember that one? Um, Is this the one where it was like he, he smashed up their shit? Something like that. Let's have a look. Joe, let's just Google YouTuber um, gets kids taken away. Let's see what comes up when I do that. Oh God, Carl. Welcome oh. to this eight-hour podcast. No, I just Googled it now. Um, YouTubers have... Uh, literally, it just come up... You, the t- headline is, Popular YouTubers Have Children Taken Away. <laughs> and this was Mike and Heather Martin. Oh, actually, Daddy of Five. Okay. Uh, what do you, do you know anything about Daddy of Five? Uh, no, but the video I'm thinking of in my head was like... when is it the one where he brought a baseball bat into the room and broke like the TV and controllers? I'm not sure about people that is, but what it is is um, it's the Martins and they engage in pranks. Okay. And what they do is they just scare their children till they're crying and then say it's a prank. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The classic, you know, what all good parents do. And they took all the videos down, because of course. So Daddy of Five, did you say? Daddy of Five, yeah. And they removed Oh, no, this video. is a different person. Oh, you've got a different one in your head. Yeah, I've got a different guy completely in my head. Yeah, so I believe like one of their children got taken away from them after some people were like, these are not pranks. You are like emotionally abusing your child for YouTube clout. Yeah. And then they got banned off YouTube. Um, fucking good. <laughs> but like, like, is there anything people won't do? No. Like, think about that for a moment. It's like, are we going to make money today? Well, we're going to be a dick to our kids and film it. Yeah. We're going to emotionally abuse our children for fun. Great. You guys sound like great guys. Oh, right. Here's one. In one video, uh, Martin instructed his children to slap his daughter in the face. Oh. And then filmed it where she and she started crying because her kids, uh, because her siblings are hitting her in the face um, under the direct command of their parent. 
and then it's being filmed and put on YouTube. Lucas, wow. is, does that sound like a prank to you? And when I when I googled the YouTube channel as well, uh, so subscribers, it was channel terminated with the peak of seven hundred thirteen thousand subscribers. Yeah, it says here that their um, their account was deleted, and they had a total view count of over six point nine million views for essentially abusing their children. What fucking great world we live in! Oh man, and then. After the first couple of ones where it's like, here's the Wikipedia page, here's an article about it. It's like, oh, like, where are they now? Whatever happened to Daddy at Fat? No, do not give that person, like, any more thought. Like, fuck I just like this quote from them. YouTube is something we enjoy as a family and we will continue to do it. Oh, God, I love man. that. YouTube is something we enjoy as a family when all the videos... Like, one of the videos I just described is our child. We instruct our children to slap each other for money and make them cry. Oh, these are great. Like, I love it. Because my favourite thing is when you get stuff like this, is you always have, like, the tearful apology. Yeah, the non-apology apology. Of, like, yeah, we're really sorry. And it's like they're crying on the news. Of, like, we're not really bad people. It's like, so why? Like, if these are the things you do, like, when the cameras are on, are you filming yourself? What are you like when the cameras are off? Yeah. It's like, oh, is that, if that's... The shit that you feel appropriate to put on, like, social media or on your YouTube channel. What are you like when the cameras are off? Like, what were the other ones now? Like, what are some of the other... Like, who's that guy who pretended to shoot himself or he pretended to get shot as a prank? Remember that one? No. That was great. Let's have a look. YouTuber pretends. Like, these are great. I can type in any of these. So, YouTuber... Uh, pretends to get shot for prank. I'm pretty sure this was a real story as well. Oh no, this was. Oh god. Oh god, Carl. Oh. Oh, this is like another story, but um, this is a real thing from a couple of years ago. If you remember this, um, uh, a YouTuber, um, or she was a wannabe YouTuber, mm. and um, she shot a boyfriend and killed him. Because he's like, oh, yeah, hold a book in front of your chest. It'll protect you from the bullet. No. So she shot him. Uh... Yeah. But, like, oh, my God. I just Googled that, though. There are so many just videos that are just getting shot prank. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, that was it. Sam Pepper. It was killing his best friend prank, where he pretends to get kidnapped and shot in the f and shot in front of his mate as he's screaming for help. What? Yeah, that but then again though, I think Sam Pepper. I'm pretty sure. Do you know what? Let's just Google this. I'm fairly certain he's the guy who was done for sexual assault. So I'm on his Wikipedia page now. Uh... Oh yeah, um, he uploaded a video called the fake hand ass pinch prank. Um, where he went up to women and pinched their ass with a fake hand, and then when they got annoyed, turned around and went, oh, it's a fake hand, I wasn't really sexually assaulting you, even though I was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't sound like a nice guy. And then he released an apology video called I'm Sorry, spelled all in lowercase. And then, yeah, probably deflected a lot of the blame in his apology video, like they always do. Uh, like... Why is it that so many 
YouTube apology videos need to exist. Oh man, the, my favourite thing though about this though is like, so we go all the way back to the beginning of the podcast where you look at the um, the Wikipedia page. Yes. And you like the summary of the contents. Mm. And you look at it and you can just tell it's going to be an interesting one just from the things. So we have here like Sam Pepper, early life and education, appearance on Big Brother, online career, subheadings, uh, YouTube popularity rise and controversy. 2010 to 2015 apology and rebranding <laughs> then you just after that just a section simply listed controversies oh. and an entire one on sexual harassment allegations oh my god oh joe what he did though he said that he's ha- um is when he accused of sexual harassment he said it was a, a social experiment remember that was a thing oh when just youtubers would just be a dick to people in public and when they were criticized just said it was a social experiment yeah and it was like the ones where it's like, oh, what will women do when I just walk up and try to kiss them? And it's like, oh, it's all a social experiment. And it really? turns out after the fact. Do you know all those videos were fake as well? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost every single one of those was fake. Um, and, and they just paid people and then just edited it. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, um, I'm going to pay people to like kiss me, but then set it up like I'm just walking up to girls and making out yeah. with them. Like, he got them all, like, YouTubers who do that sort of thing, they get them off and, like, hire a crowd where you can just hire actors for the day. Yeah. And it's, like, random people, like, oh, I'll do whatever you want for, like, a day to give you, like, £100. Mm-hmm. And that's why I contend the only good, the only good prank channel um, to exist and that continues to exist is Just for Laughs. Just uh, for Laughs. Not aware uh, of it, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just for Laughs, the reason I think they're the only good one is because all their pranks are harmless. So they are, by their, de- like, pranks by their definition is a harmless moment of fun. At the expense yeah. of somebody else, that ultimately causes no lasting damage or repercussions. And like some of the the good ones that they've done, like it's like, oh yeah, um, um, like one I really like is a a little girl is collecting money for charity in a bucket, and they like have two buckets, and one is like they're filled, uh, one's filled with like rocks, so it's impossible to lift up. And she tries to ask someone to pick it up, and when they try and pick it up, they'll go, oh, I can't. A car, and then when they're not looking, they'll swap it with a lighter one. The little girl will pick it up and walk away. <laughs> and it's like it's just completely harmless, but it's like you know, it's amusing to the outside observer. And here's the thing as well: just for laughs, always, always tells the person after the fact that it's a prank. Yeah. Points out the camera, so you get that moment of looking at the camera, going, "Oh, you got me." Yeah. And then pays the person for their appearance and asks for their permission to wear it. If they say no, they pay them anyway and let them go on their way. Oh, okay. And all of their pranks are all amazing because they're just so innocent. Yeah, like, yeah. One of my favourites being is, oh, um, we're going to do a run. Can you you fire the starting pistol, please? And they go, okay. Then they do that and they just throw like a fucking um, rubber pigeon at them. <laughs> so just a rubber pigeon falls down. It's like, oh no, I shot a pigeon. <laughs> uh, they're all just really, because they're so stupid. And like it's like you only have like 30 seconds of the person being confused. Yeah. And then it's like they point to the camera, oh, you got me. And I love them, and they're, 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 it's so wholesome, and I'm glad that they continue to exist. Because oh, right, just for laughs, they're still going. It's like a worldwide brand, and they just like constantly have to come up with these like new, really funny things to do with people. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And they're okay. always like, keep it and fresh. My, and my absolute favorite one, though, it's I, I, I don't know how it got to air, but it's the one where you can see people almost die. Into not in terms of like physically, but like inside their mind. Right, and it is where they have a hidden camera prank. Uh, it's a sorry, a special camera setup in a shop. And right, what yeah, it is yeah. is uh, Joe. When you're in like a supermarket or like a little corner shop and you're buying something, mm-hmm. and they have that camera that's pointed into the store, and then they have the video feed. Yeah, 
What they do is, while people are stood in this queue, the shopkeeper goes, oh, just give me a second. I just need to go get some more change. And they leave. And what they do is, on that video feed, put behind them a man in a Grim Reaper costume. Oh. But there's no one there. Like, they'll, turn, they'll see a live feed of themselves with a Grim Reaper stood behind them. Yeah. They turn around, and what they see is just an old man carrying a scythe who winks at them oh in the place God. where the Grim Reaper is on the camera. And that, I can say, is one of the best. One of the, I want to get the clip now. We can end on it to see your reaction. Because there's a guy in it who genuinely looks like he's going to shit himself. Oh, God. Because so... he's just sat there. like he, he, He's in his head like, am I going to die? I'm, re I'm really hoping this is going to play for um, an audio-only podcast. It does, because what you can do, like, people can go look it up. Okay. Because like, just type in Grim Reaper prank, just for laughs. Here it is. And it's uh, as well on the official just for laughs um uh, youtube page which i highly recommend people go look at because it's fucking awesome so I'll tell you what like everybody just like if you can if you're not like driving or whatever just... <laughs> yes if you're driving definitely do it yeah pause the podcast quickly get it up and watch this along with me so like lucas let's just tell people when you press play and i'll press play with you okay so i press play like remember to pause get the video up yeah just for laughs guys grim reaper prank i'm yeah. gonna press play in three Two, one, go. Okay. Just give me your thoughts, Lucas. Oh man. It's such a good it's such a simple idea, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Oh god. This would be terrifying, I'm not it gonna is. Lie. Like look at this is my the <laughs> first one is the best one to look at a face. But look how nervous she gets. <laughs> Oh God, no! You, you can see like she's like, having like you can a, see that. Oh, she's having a breakdown. She's having a, she's having a breakdown. This guy though is my favourite because he looks. This is the guy who looks like he's gonna shit himself. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> hey, hey, what's up? It's just me. <laughs> he, oh my God, he's so nervous. He doesn't know what to do. It's more like just how heavy he's breathing. Yeah, it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh what, fuck. what is going on? Oh, this man just wants some flowers, Carl. He just, for his own funeral. Look, he's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> like, no, no. Oh. He's doing it's so good. Like, you just see, like, the people, that they just get frozen with fear. Like, that might be my favourite ever prank. Oh, ever. God. Just because it's so innocent, and like I say, only, it's only 30 seconds long, and everyone in it is relieved at the end, and they all got paid. But just that moment where the guy in like the shirt and tie, and you see him just start heavy breathing, going, Yeah. Oh, fuck, this is it. This is this, it. This is, this is how it ends. I don't no. know I was going to die today. Oh, not in, not in a little convenience store, no. <laughs> I don't want to die, not in Wolverhampton on a Thursday. Oh, God. I just fucking like that. It's just so cool because you see the guy. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh god. Oh god. Oh god. Oh god. Oh man. Yeah, I think that what a great way to end on me and you watching a video in a purely auditory uh, medium. <laughs> this is next level content, folks. So we do. So well, Lucas, um, uh, anything you'd like to end on? Uh, yeah. Uh, just like the usual plug of follow me or subscribe or whatever. Legend of Canto on uh, Twitch and on YouTube. I just, you know, stream and make videos of mm -hmm. us playing games and just yeah. playing games in general, and it's all fun. Yeah, and thanks as well to, like, you know, the 
support we've got on our personal channels, um, I'm going to now be uploading a video every weekday for mm-hmm. gaming stuff because I noticed that the like the God of War and Spider-Man playthroughs, it must be a bit annoying for people where you get one episode and then you got to wait four days for the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'll be uploading alternate days, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And like one week, it'll be three God of Wars, two Spider-Man. The following week, it'll be three Spider-Man, two God of Wars. So hopefully that'll allow those playthroughs to like, you know, flow a bit quicker and allow people to like, you know, binge them. Because I know something I like to do when I like watch gaming content was, oh yeah, I'll wait till the end of the week and then watch like the three or four episodes they put up as like an yeah. hour long binge. Right up until, and we can end on this because fucking hell, I, I remembered it the other day and I'm still mad about it. I was watching a Devil May Cry 5 playthrough of a YouTuber I really liked. And I'm not going to name any names. I don't want like, people to send them any hate for this because obviously it's a personal choice I made. But yeah. at the very final boss, they cut midway through the final fight because the episode got to 20 minutes long. Oh, no. And, like, I I will admit that sometimes I, I find it hard to um, find a natural stopping point because when we're playing for, like, an hour to an hour and a half, we don't really time it out. So sometimes I do have to break conversations up a bit, but the fact that it's just, no, it's hit 20 minutes. Yeah, right in the middle of an episode. So I'm going to say, like, like, if you go watch my gaming channel, I don't fucking do that. Yeah, that's I, the one plus I can give. I always endeavor to, like, make it a break in gameplay yeah, rather than like... a break in the conversation because obviously people are mainly there to watch the game, I guess. And then something I'll always try and do is... Um, like, put the next episode being, like, you know, put back 30 seconds so there's, like, a nice clean cut. Right, yeah, Or if yeah. the cut wasn't as clean as it could have been, there is, like, you know, that, that overlap that allows mm-hmm. you to, like, you know, oh, just a little um, a recap of what was the last thing that happened in the previous episode. But, yeah, I remember, like, that, and it still pisses me off, like, a year and a half later, how mad I was when I was watching it, and then just, like, middle of the fight... Episode cuts out, subscribe to my Twitter. It's like, fuck you, I unsubscribed right then and there and didn't watch the end of that series. Like, fuck you, no. And it's like very similar to just like the whole YouTube auto ads of like, we'll find a natural break. And it's like halfway through a fucking sentence when someone takes a moment to breathe. Oh, we talked about earlier, the very start of this podcast, like many eons ago, um, about, yeah, um, look at um, look at this company greedily putting ads in every moment they can. Yeah as they make a 10 minute long video so they can put like mid-roll ads in it meanwhile if anyone's interested i put up um so yesterday when this podcast went out mm-hmm. i put up like a seven minute stream highlight of when i on pokemon you know i fought nega lucas no evil lucas bad lucas. evil lucas and you know what because i was like that's a promotional video for my streams i didn't even monetize that one. Oh yeah why not? And like, you know what? I'm using that as promotion for my Twitch. So I'm not going to make uh, that one monetized because like, that doesn't feel fair for people to sit through an advert to essentially watch an advert I made for my Twitch. Yeah, I always feel bad when I've got like the, the playthrough highlights. It's like two minutes long. It's like, oh, you can put an ad on this if you want. It's like, why the fuck would I put an ad on something that's a minute long? Yeah, people have got to sit through like a 30-second ad or at least wait the five, six seconds to skip it to then watch something that I've made like a minute long. It's like, why would I do that? And then I think to myself, I probably should because it's what every fucker else does. Yeah, and uh, it's a good thing to let you all know that we're dragging this out to hit like the two minutes and ten mark to get that extra added. No, I'm joking. 
No, we're not. The two hours and ten minutes, Martin. Do you know what? I'm going to quit right now. Fuck it. Done. <laughs> <laughs>